Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And this is Mick Mulcahy in for the final morning. Neil is back uh, just after news at 9 on Monday morning. And before we get to our newspaper review, we have such a busy programme today. just want to mention Free Food Friday uh, straight out of the blocks. It's for Oak Fire Pizza. We're going to have pizza delivered at home or to your workplace with Oak Fire Pizza. It's real wood fire pizza in Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Gillabby Street and Douglas Village. All you need to do is text Free Food Friday to 086-8104-106 and tell us who you are and who you want it for and your chance to win six six large pizzas, garlic bread, potatoes, drinks, dips and desserts for 15 people. This is with Oak Fire Pizza. It's real wood fire pizza and they're now all over the place. Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Galabi Street and in Douglas Village and on oakfirepizza.ie. Get texting whenever you like. And happy Friday to everybody. Axmas Party is the main headline in the Mirror today. And it is festive gatherings facing the chop as our top docks demand action. Restaurants and pubs are also in line for earlier closing time. Health chiefs are set to call for stricter rules. And uh, it's all over the papers today. And the Mirror in particular says that Christmas parties may be scrapped if the government hears advice from the country's top public health doctors. Neffet has looked at a range of measures for pubs and restaurants as as the country heads towards the busiest season for socialising. A senior source close to the health minister said, we have to act on hospitality. We've no choice. Simple as. The ghost of Christmas bars is the clever but very sad headline on the front of the uh, star today. The pub bosses are saying we're already dead, but more restrictions are likely. Dead festive season already for pubs and restaurants. They say they are facing into an absolutely dead festive season due to the high level of Christmas party cancellations amid the ongoing fears over COVID-19. Devastating images of desolate restaurants and bars in what should have been one of the busiest periods for the sector have emerged as close to 80% of bookings have now been cancelled. This, according to the Restaurants Association of Ireland, is a monumental blow to the hospitality sector. They needed a very busy Christmas season uh, to recover from the losses that have been mounting up over previous closures. But pleas are mounting for financial support for the sector as pubs, restaurants and venues remain empty given the rise in cases of COVID-19 across the country. And uh, that's uh, very much all over the papers this morning. New crackdown for Christmas, says the Mail. There's no good and happy headlines today. Neffet is to advise Limits on household visits again. Nightclubs are to close. Hospitality to shut earlier. And buses going back to 50% capacity. That's what the mail is saying. Don't take it as read just yet, but it looks as though it's in the post. Household visits will be limited. Pubs and restaurants will close early. And public transport will have reduced capacity as part of strict new pre-Christmas COVID rules proposed by Neffet. Ministers told the Irish Daily Mail that the restrictions will apply very close to Christmas effectively curtailing any work parties and major festive socialising. People won't be allowed to move between tables and bars and restaurants. Nightclubs will be shut and the COVID cert scheme expanded under the regulations which the government is set to consider next week. The high COVID case levels and threat of the Omicron variant has led Neffet to call for a return of many of the rules that applied before October 22nd. Remember, we were all trying to get to October 22nd and for the relaxing of restrictions and certain freedoms to be returned to us. Well, public transport capacity and concerts, pantos and other indoor events will return to 50% capacity. I'm not sure that uh, the uh, panto industry would be happy. I'm sure they'll be happy to be able to remain open, um, but they're going to have to work twice as hard, and that is put on twice as many shows at 50% capacity 
uh, to get themselves into profit, I would imagine. Uh, the vaccine cert scheme will expand into gyms and other high-risk venues. The recommendations include a return to strict social distancing in all bars and restaurants, according to Neffet sources, while people should meet with no more than three other households. So that'll put a kind of a damper on Christmas Day if you're planning, planning a big, big uh, multi-family gathering. The stringent new hospitality rules will include table service only in bars and restaurants. So that's there already. Six people per table. Uh, no multiple table bookings. No intermingling between tables. And people w- must wear masks when not at tables. Nightclubs will be shut again, uh, while there will be no dancing and moving around in pubs and restaurants. Neffet has also recommended that pubs and restaurants will have an earlier closing time than the current cut-off point of midnight, and entertainment, cultural and sporting events must be fully seated. Neffet gave its recommendations to the Minister for Health in a letter last night. It's believed the restrictions will apply for a fortnight in the run-up to Christmas. Christmas squeeze on home visits and pubs is also the headline in the independent front page. Household visits and hospitality going to be targeted again under new COVID restrictions proposed by Neffet. TD fears that travel rules will uh, spoil family trips home, says the Mirror. All visitors to Ireland must show negative COVID tests from today. Well, that's actually been extended now until Sunday. So if they're coming in today or tomorrow, uh, then they won't have to show the test. There's a 48-hour extension uh, on that not being required. Uh, the strict restriction uh, came into effect at midnight. No, it's not. It's not coming into effect until tomorrow at midnight. But one Fine Gael deputy anyway, to keep with the spirit of the story, broke the ranks with his government colleagues and called for an exemption for Irish citizens coming home for Christmas. Michael Creed said the festive period could be ruined if family members uh, from abroad are prevented from coming home. He added, I anticipate in the coming weeks there will be Large numbers of people who have planned their return home who will be confronted with the reality at transit airports as they seek to return from far away. Places they uh, that they will fail PCR or antigen tests. The floor of this chamber will be dominated by deputies who are saying their constituent is now in Heathrow, Amsterdam, Frankfurt, wherever. And they haven't a clear test and they have, by regulation and by decision of this government, been forced to stay out of this country. For Christmas, certainly more clarity is needed there. Northside housing plan says the Echo today. The councillors have said that more amenities are needed. Plans for a strategic housing development on the north side of the city have been broadly welcomed by councillors, but an increase in amenities in the area is needed to cater for expanded communities. Uh, some have said, "Rachel, I felt so relieved." when I heard that he was found guilty. Uh, Our first interview on the programme yesterday morning was live with Rachel McElroy. I felt so relieved when I heard that he was found guilty. It's uh, just a big relief knowing that he wouldn't be able to hurt another girl. And I praised Rachel for coming forward, praised her for her bravery uh, in taking publicity, both in the press and here on radio. And as the the Echo said, uh, I actually caught up with the story and got my own research done uh, with a Paul Byrne report on Virgin News and uh, I thank him for that. But Rachel McElroy, 18 when she was attacked yesterday, told the Neil Prendival show on Cork's Red FM that she had convinced herself her attacker would not be convicted. I was just so worried in court. I kept sitting outside in the fresh air and trying to breathe, trying to relax myself and thinking he was going to get away with it. Uh, but he didn't. He was convicted last October on two counts of sexual assault and was this week sentenced to seven years in prison. The final year suspended on condition he returned to his native country, Georgia, upon release. So once again, fair play to Rachel McElroy for her bravery and for lighting a path, really, 
uh, of confidence for other people that might find themselves in this similar situation. That, uh, you know, it's often very difficult to come forward, but sometimes, as Rachel felt, it's just the right thing to do. Gardaí have withdrawn an objection over a pub licence. They've withdrawn their objection to the, to the renewal of the licence for Reardon's and Washington Street following a road closure and the erection of a big screen for the All-Ireland hurling final. The matter was originally listed for decision by Judge Marion O'Leary at Cork District Court after hearing evidence in the objection to the renewal of their licence a fortnight ago. So that seems to be cleared up. The Echo also has three lotto winners uh, in Cork. They won over 29 grand this week. Three lotto players from Cork have won over 29,000 each in this week's lotto March uh, Lotto Match 5 draw. Stamp out Brit postbox symbol. Councillors are calling to remove the insignia with an angle grinder. A Sinn Féin councillor has called for the British Royal insignia on Irish postboxes to be removed with an angle grinder. Limerick councillor John Costello, who lives on the city's north side, wants to see the markings removed from Irish postboxes, saying we are no longer under British rule. And amnesty is a good story today. Let's finish on a good one. Amnesty for up to 17,000 migrants. The, there is a scheme uh, and uh, it's coming out in January for long-term undocumented migrants. The move will boost attempts uh, also to help Irish in the US. Up to 17,000 undocumented migrants living in the shadows could become Irish citizens under an amnesty to be announced today. Of those, 3,000 are believed to be children. Justice Minister Helen McEntee is to confirm that people living here illegally will be granted permission to officially reside in Ireland. The scheme, part of Miss McEntee's justice plan, 2021 will be for long-term undocumented migrants and their eligible dependents as long as specific criteria are met. And uh, those are the morning papers at 18 minutes past nine now. The Neil Prenderville Show. Good morning from the Neil Prenderville Show. Now, on Monday's programme, we spoke to a young lady called Joanne who had some serious difficulty in the workplace with bullying. And uh, that was witnessed, she claims, by uh, members of the public who uh, came to visit the bar she worked in. And it was over a sustained and prolonged period. And we've got many... Texts, emails, and phone calls regarding bullying in the workplace. And I'm happy now to speak to Fiona to hear more of her story. Good morning to you, Fiona. Good morning. Now, you worked in a shop for quite a long time, 22 years. Yeah, 22 years. So, um, my, uh, I was, I was kind of, you know, the right hand man to my boss, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, everything he didn't do, I did. Um, we kind of both managed everything, you know. So you started as a teenager part-time, then you stayed yeah. on and became full-time, and then you became yeah. right-hand man, as you said yourself. Um, you were almost 40 when you left, so a large chunk of your life was spent working in that particular shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, I had my children, um, you know, while working there. Like, it, it was, it was my whole life. It was my whole identity kind of you know so you're essentially the shop manager he was the owner yeah owner manager you were essentially the shop manager on the floor if you like you went to uh, trade shows you met all the reps you took the orders and even though you were the longest serving staff member there uh, and a lot of the other staff you say had been there well over 10 years yeah yeah there was some others that had been there a long time um we had some others that were there not too long as well but uh it was kind of a mixture, yeah, you know. A fair proportion of the staff would have been there long term, over ten years. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. So now, uh, time marches on, Tempest does the old Fugit, and the original boss sold the shop as he was retiring. So now, the new owner, uh, earlier this year, uh, the new owner took over. What happened from there? Um, it kind of, it started off on a bad footing anyway, because um, before the official takeover date, um, about a week before he approached us um, saying that uh, we would now have to work a week in hand, um, that he was changing our payment date. So originally we were always paid every week um, for the week we just worked. Um, this is the way we had been paid for, for as long as I was there, the 22 years, you know. So um, to suddenly kind of be told that, oh, well, we won't be getting paid next week. You're going to have to wait another week, you know. So it's as if you're starting uh, a new job. You've got to work a week in hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so straight away I said, um, we can't do that, like. I have my bills and everything to pay, you know. We can't do a week in hand. And the new boss said, uh, well, that's how it is when you start a new job. And I said, well, I'm not starting a new job, you know. Mm. You're, you're taking over. We're supposed to keep the same, um, the same... Yeah, you've, uh, you've got security of tenure, I think it's called, but uh, there's a, a transfer of undertakings, I think, is the official title uh, that covers protection of employment regulations. So a transfer of undertaking regulations would demand that you keep the same conditions uh, and that you can't be discriminated against negatively uh, in the, you know, in the changeover of the business to a new name, if you like. It's a going concern. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, he was adamant that we had to do the week in hand. So I actually ended up bringing the um, WRC for advice on it. And um, yeah, they confirmed that um, that we would have to keep the same conditions and that would include the same payment date and things, you know. So um, when I then told him that I contacted the WRC, then he went back and said, oh, okay, you can get paid as normally. But the others then were paid. Um, they moved to Wickenham because um, the others didn't kind of want to rock the boat, if you know what I mean. They were happy to have a job, were they? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that left you as the protagonist, probably in hindsight, if you'd yeah. gone to them and said, look, we have our rights here. You don't have to subscribe to this. Uh, we can all get paid next week, but we need to stand together. That didn't happen, though. You were on your own now. Yeah, yeah. And um, he kind of did everything to make that divide even bigger, you know, um, from that point onwards. Uh, when he did take over, I didn't know at the time. I only heard later from the other stuff that, like, he started kind of undermining me from the beginning. So, like, if they, if they did things a certain way and he would say, why are you doing it that way? Oh, you know, she told us, so we were trained to do it this way. He would say, no, from now on, you will do it this other way. Okay. But then he wouldn't say anything to me. So then I was wondering why, okay, I have trained the staff member to do this thing. Why are they now doing it a different way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he he did also tell them, like, that um, things that the way that I trained them was wrong. And that... Um, you know, this kind of constant kind of, um, yeah, constant kind of undermining. But as I said, I wasn't completely aware of that at the time. It was only later that that kind of came mm-hmm. out. But um, 
you know, he was trying to create a divide between us, you know. Okay, so he saw them as not muddying the waters. He saw you as having the tenacity to ring the Workplace Relations Commission and say, I want to stand up for my rights here. Yeah. And so you are probably deemed, in his mind, to be a troublemaker. Yeah, yeah. You know, at that stage, I mean, at that stage, Fiona, would you not have went to him when you heard this was a beginning and say, look, let's adult to adult have a conversation here and say, look, I had to pay my bills. I have this and that happening. I'm a valuable asset to you. There's no point in working against me and making me feel, uh, you know, cheapening my position and making me feel undermined in front of the staff. Let's work together. Did you ever try that? Well, it did actually get to that. Um, yeah. Um, because as I said, I wasn't kind of aware that he was doing that initially. So, um, what happened then was that, um, we had a, a group WhatsApp group that he had set up, um, for work communications, you know, um, things like hours and all that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, it was my responsibility to do orders like I had done for the last 15 years. And, uh, one night, it was nearly 10 o'clock at night. He sent a message to the group saying, um, you know, all the orders are done. And he thanked two other staff members and said, what a fantastic job you did. Now, straight away, I was supposed to do the order the next day. So straight away, I was saying, what's going on? So now you're looking at a removal of your roles and responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I contacted the other staff and they said that he told them um, not to allow me to do it, that they have to do it. Even if it meant they had to stay in later to do it, they have to do it so that I couldn't. Okay. So at this point, then it kind of came out about, you know, what she had been saying all along and, you know, started asking the others and things. So I did actually, um, I sent him a message and I explained, look, you know, <clears throat> this is my, these are my responsibilities, these are my jobs. And I said, it's bad enough that you gave my job to someone else, but I said, what made them completing the job fantastic when you had never praised me for doing the same job, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, I kind of detailed everything, and he sent a message back saying, um, it's inappropriate to text your boss. If you want to speak to me, then um, you can speak to me face-to-face. Hmm. And what about the WhatsApp group? Was that going on all this time? Yeah, so the WhatsApp group, I actually spoke to a friend of mine that used to work there. I was crying to him, so upset over this whole thing. And he said, leave the WhatsApp group. He was like, you don't have to be in this WhatsApp group. And if it's causing you this kind of upset, leave it, you know. So um, so I did. I left the WhatsApp group. And uh, so the boss then was sending me messages saying that I had to be joined to the WhatsApp group because it was part of, um, it was the way for work communications. Now, I did say back to him, it's a bit ironic that you told me the text message isn't an acceptable form of work communication while telling me that I have to be in a WhatsApp group mm-hmm. for work communications, you know? Yeah. Um, but... Of course, if we're wandering down the road of constructive dismissal here, being in the WhatsApp group would have allowed you to gather that evidence you might have needed. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was just, it was causing me so much upset at that stage, you know. It was kind of constant, constantly he was um, telling the other staff, you know, oh, fantastic job for doing this, fantastic job for doing that. I mean, you know, not that 
not that I think I deserve anything special or anything, but I mean, the whole time it was during the COVID and we started doing local deliveries, you know, mm-hmm. um, because cause we knew the customers so well and we wanted to help them, the elderly customers and things that couldn't come out. And, um, you know, never once did he actually acknowledge that, even though he was getting the praise for it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like people were saying, oh, you know, this shop is great. They will deliver the stuff. He had nothing to do with it. but And he was accepting the praise, but he wasn't, he never once said, you know, thanks for doing that. So you're now you being know? subject, uh, which is probably the worst form of bullying uh, in schools, in real life, in shops, especially. You're now being bullied by exclusion. Yeah, that's it, exactly. That's what I was saying. It was different to the girl um, that was on because um, hers was shouting and stuff. But I mean, it's it's still bullying, you know? I mean, I became a shell of myself. Um, did your mental health suffer? Me. Hmm? Your mental health, did it suffer? Absolutely. I was in contact with my doctor and everything. I was, um, it, it was just constantly, even though I was at home from working, it was just constant conversations going around in my head of what he said and um, it was it was just affecting me so much. I mean not only that but I mean customers would come in and they would then say um, oh you know are you getting this thing in during the week and I would have to say to them I don't know. Um, so suddenly um, me that was running the place I suddenly became um, you know kind of doing less than a staff member that had been there for a year. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, he changed all the passwords of all the um, computer system and stuff so that so that I couldn't access them. Um, so basically, I was going in every day doing busy work. Um, I couldn't actually do anything that, um, that was any of my previous roles. Just serve you know? customers is all you could do, really, and be cheery. Yeah. In, yeah. Outwardly cheery, inwardly devastated. Yeah, yeah. So um, he, after the whole WhatsApp thing, you know, when he said to have the face-to-face conversation, I actually uh, was, he came in um, the next day while I was at work and he ignored me. He didn't say anything. So when I was finished work, um, I actually went out to the car and um, I did send him a message saying, you know, I thought we were going to have a face-to-face discussion, you know. Mm-hmm. So as I was sitting in the car, he actually came along because he had been out for lunch. So he came along and he said to me at the car, um, oh, come in and we'll talk now. Um, so, you know, as much as I was dreading it, I was thinking, look, we have to we have to air these issues, you know. So how did um, it all end up, this this chat? And where did you go from there? Uh, well, I went back in, I followed him back in, and when I went in, he said, uh, oh, hi, how are you? What are you doing? And I said, well, well, you just told me to come in and we would chat. No, I didn't say that. Okay. Mm. So, real mind games, you know. Um, it was, uh, myself and another staff member actually have the um, same birthday. And uh, he would have known this from the forms that we had to send out, you know, with our, with our date of birth and things when he took over, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we're adults, you know. It's my birthday. It's no big deal. But on the day of our birthday, he completely ignored me. He didn't even say hello to me that day. And he actually got all the rest of the staff to sign a birthday card for this other staff member. 
um, bought her a birthday gift and actually came into the shop singing happy birthday to her. So just and really I'm rubbing it in. there beside her like a fool. Yeah, that's nasty really, isn't it? Uh, yeah. did, did you leave the shop? Yeah, um, so I ended up um, just having to leave. Um, uh, my doctor actually just signed me off. I, I couldn't take anymore. It was just... Um, it was just constant mind games. So do you think he won in the end? Mm-hmm. He won in the end then? Yeah, he won in the end. Uh, this is what I was saying to the researcher earlier. You know, there's actually no help for employees in this situation. I mean, you are told that, you know, you're protected when when the place is taken over and this and that. But like when, when it's actually happening, happening, there's nothing you can do, you know. Now... Okay, I could take a case against him, but that would mean having to hire a solicitor and pay for a solicitor for someone that has just lost her job and is now unemployed. Are you not working now either, are you? No, I am working now. I got a new job since, yeah. So are you slow to go down the legal route, even though that would be your right? Um, well, it's actually, um, I, I can't pursue it any further because he's now left. Oh, so he's gone now, is he? Yeah. And is there any chance of you getting your old job back? No, no. Is it under no. new management? Yeah. Okay. Would you go you back? Um, no, no. He's completely soured it for me, you know. Okay. Um, even when I was trying to find another job, um, it was kind of filling me a bit with dread because I was thinking, okay, I could meet someone else. Like they ask for a reference. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't get a reference. And, like, this was the difficult part when I was applying for new jobs. But, you know, they're kind of saying, why, why are you leaving this job after 22 years? And, you know, you can't tell you the can't truth. Say, no. You can't say why you're really leaving. So I just have to be saying, like, oh, you know, I you know, fancy a change or something. But You'd like, probably be found guilty of slander quicker than he'd be found guilty of bullying. Yeah, yeah, you know. So what's so, life like now? Are you happy in the new job? Yeah, I'm happy in the new job. Um, it's just, it, it is still affecting me a bit because I'm now back in an entry-level job. Um, whereas, like, I'm, I'm not using the skills that I built sure. up over the 22 years. You so. built yourself up to management. Yeah, and I'm now back at entry-level. My wages are back at entry-level. Um, you know, it feels like I kind of wasted 22 years of my life, if you know what I mean. That's very sad to it feel is, that way. Yeah. Would you be prepared to travel if a management job role came up in a different area? I would, yeah, I would, yeah, you know. Okay, I don't want to give out too many details. He's moved on, moved on from the country, moved on from the shop, moved on from the county, what? Moved on from the from the shop. Okay. Still I in your community? Hmm? Still in your community? Yeah. Is that difficult? Um, yeah, it is, you know. But no longer um, a a burden on your life, no longer able to... No, but, um, you know, I did see him one day, um, a few weeks ago, I did see him, and, um, I, in a place, and I actually ended up, um, shaking and crying, and I had to leave, just from seeing him, it just upset me so much, you know? Yeah. Just, it just brings it back, you know, everything, everything. Mm-hmm. the way you treated me. So sorry, Fiona, there's a, 
There's a song called How Do You Sleep by one of the Beatles about another one of the Beatles. Let's not mention any names either. <laughs> um, but, you know, you'd wonder how people who can get off on this uh, bullying by exclusion and what's a litany, a catalogue of very obvious things in front of other people to strip you of your dignity, of your roles, of your responsibilities in a job uh, just because you stood up for your rights. Um beggar's belief but listen you've been very brave for coming on and uh, I hope you're happy in the new job and who yeah. knows maybe somebody's listening who is looking for management material in a supermarket um, was it a large supermarket was it one of the multiples um, it was a mul- multiple but um, it wasn't a large supermarket no. ok alright you never know who may contact us and put something your way but listen for your bravery and coming on uh, thank you. And, uh, you know, all of these interviews, we hope, will embolden people to come forward when they are the subject of workplace bullying. It's the uh, some, one of the lowest of the low uh, when people can get away with it constantly. Uh, it's against the law. It should not be allowed to happen. People need to stand up. People need to have bravery like yourself and Joanne uh, and come forward and tell your story. And we salute you for doing it. Fiona, thank you so much. Thank you very Thanks. much. Have a Thank great you. day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Just turning 20 minutes to 10. Good morning from the Neil Prenderville Show. Hi, Mick. Why do some individuals do that deliberately? Go out of their way to make a person's life miserable. Uh, that is from Shiona. It's simple. He wanted to get in cheaper labor. She should push for constructive dismissal. He's an a-hole, says uh, Frank. Mick, uh, where we work, our boss is known for gaslighting. Uh, Stuff has happened which has led me to question my own reality at times. That's a horrible experience. And shame on that boss. Would he like to have his family member treated like that? So those are the comments and yours are welcome uh, by phone 1850104106 or by text uh, on 0868104106. Now to discuss the dwindling bar trade and the prospects for Christmas, let's talk to Shane Long of the Franciscan Well, one of the uh, local very popular operations and outlets here in the city. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, Nick. Thank uh, you for inviting me. No problem. Uh, just uh, on a lighter note before we start, I've been asked uh, to play Ghost Town for all of the pubs and publicans this year. And then, well, that might be a laugh for the person <laughs> who texted it in. It's a bit of a serious uh, situation you guys are facing now. It is. Uh, it changed dramatically there making the, in the last number of weeks when the, when the government were, were saying stay at home. I totally understand where they're where they're coming from, obviously for the public uh, health and health and safety and well-being, but uh, for our trade, it's it's certainly decimated. That ninety-two percent of our, our Christmas bookings cancelled in the last uh, in the last two weeks because of it. Now we're still getting we're lucky. We're still getting people coming out, but uh, but the bigger bookings have certainly cancelled. Well, why are people cancelling it so far away? You know, it's a fluid and changing situation. It is, but uh, it's it's mostly the company. So we we're yeah. obviously engaging with everybody who has pre-booked and cancelled, and and they're absolutely one hundred percent of it is companies or, or the people who are organising it are saying the companies are saying, no, this is, it's it's not going to happen this Christmas. Um, and that that that's where it's coming from. It's uh, it's 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 mainly the companies, yeah. Okay, now you would normally in the Francisco well have a capacity of three hundred and twenty-five licensed for that. 
Yes, we would. We're down to around 140 now with the um, with the uh, the COVID restriction measures. Um, no, it's it, it, you'll never get that in a perfect world either, because you know you'll get three people coming on a table of four. Or yes. Or people on a table of six, but uh, we have sittings. That's the only way that we can generate the revenue. Um, obviously, everybody's informed before that that, 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 that we've we've we kept the time limit. Um, so, how, how do the sittings work if people are interested? So you just see the, on the on the booking system there, the Franwell uh, Bar. You just you just there, there's a, a time slot system in it, and you just. Click on it for whichever time you want, uh, and all the terms and conditions are on it. Yeah, by which you're agreeing to leave at the appointed time as well. Yeah, and obviously if there's space there, we will let you stay on, um, you know, which there is space now. So today you were hoping to, or should have been, catering for about 350 people in total. Yeah, it was our, uh, this would be the kickoff traditionally of our our corporate season. Yeah, Um, first Friday of December, yeah. Yeah, it was completely booked out. Um, we do have a certain amount of, of tables uh, for walk-ins and for regular customers, but uh, uh, the, the vast majority of the, the tables had been booked out. And um, then as of, of, of Monday, we were down to less than a third. Yeah. Uh, you're very much like the pantomime uh, operations because they, like you guys, have the same amount of people employed uh, to do the same turnover with less capacity. It's impossible. Uh, so they're probably going to have to put on twice as many pantos. So it certainly looks bleak for hospitality and socialising over Christmas. Yeah, I'd, I'd always be a glass half full person, but this week really took the wind out of our sails because up until two weeks ago, you were able to plan. The roster was fine because you knew mo- most of the people who are coming to us have booked. There is a certain amount of walk-ins. So you're able to plan how much stock you need, how many staff you need on, on any particular given night. No, you can't afford not to have that many staff on because people are still coming out, but you just don't know how, you don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, this week so far has been good. I'm, I'm very pleased with it considering the amount of, of cancellations. that We had 60, 65 cancellations on Monday alone. Wow. Um, which is huge for us. Uh, we, but we're lucky. We Traditionally, we would have had or do have a very strong midweek trade. Um, so it has been a good week. Um, but... It, it, it is. You're, you're you're worrying every day. Are you going to uh, Are you going to fill those seats? Yeah. yeah, it's hard fought because the cream is missing. It is hard fought, but uh, I mean, there's a there's a lot of thinking outside the box done by the team who are amazing. But really lucky we kept on all. The yeah, you kept on all the staff and all the security and everything um, because everything was coming back in twenty second of October, of course. Yeah, yeah. So we've uh, even though you don't need security really, um, the, the fact that everything you don't have that many people in the premises compared to previous years, uh, we decided we've been using the same firm their uh, service for for years, and they're they're very very professional. So we just spoke to the management team and decided right, we're not we're not going to go back to them and say we don't need security. No, we'll just we'll keep it on because uh, when things do go back to normal, you want a very strong team there ready for hopefully the major uplift that we're going to have. But the, the, the team inside over during lockdown, the, the main management team, they, they came up with new incentives, new, new initiatives and created an online shop, which is doing extremely well now. Um, we used Deliveroo for the first time, never did that before, even though the, the margin that they take is very high. It still keeps the cash flow coming in when, um, when it's badly needed. Yeah, okay. And of course, behind all of this, you have on the one side, 
the government are making noises about there won't be any new um, and improved PUP because there's plenty of job opportunities in hospitality. And now you're trying to motivate staff to say, look, hopefully your job will be safe. But you really don't know now. No, I think I think I think to date the government has done an amazing job with the subsidies. I do believe if if there isn't um, something done fairly rapidly, you will see uh, job losses within the sector. Yeah, yeah. And although they're saying there are lots of jobs in the sector, that, that from every publican that I'm talking to, everybody is down. Uh, no, um, dramatically down. So there isn't somewhere for somebody to move on to. Yeah. So. Uh, by the way, you very kindly as well reached out to us on uh, Tuesday after we uh, we had interviewed Joanne uh, to offer her a job. So that's how we got in touch with you. So we're kind of repaying the favour here. Uh, I'm not well, sure if she, she did she take up a job offer, I wonder? She didn't. Uh, it was the, our marketing manager who was listening, got on to me and said this lovely lady was on the on the radio and was going through a tough time. We were looking for, or still are looking for, uh, or up until last week, looking for uh, one part-time person to fill a gap for us. And uh, I said, yeah, um, Kate, give her to uh, get, on to, get on to the radio station straight away. Um, obviously, other people had as well. Yeah, I think and, she got multiple uh, job offers. Yeah, she got on to us. She was she was supposed to come in for an interview yesterday, I believe, and uh, she got on to Kate saying, you know, thanks for the offer, but or thanks for the interview, but I'm, I'm already after getting a job, which is yeah, yeah. She probably wanted something full time rather than part time. But look, your heart yeah. was in the right place and continues to be. So you're going to be depending on walk-ins, Shane Long in the Franciscan Well. Uh, you know, yeah. with lots of bookings being cancelled, you're appealing to people to come out and support you, even on a walk-in basis. Absolutely. Thank you for the time. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Shane Long from the Franciscan Well. And thanks for their generosity in reaching out to Joanne on Tuesday to offer her a job. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. And don't forget, it's Free Food Friday with Oak Fire Pizza, oakfirepizza.ie. We have pizza for you if you uh, want to text 0868104106 and text Free Food Friday. Tell us who you are and uh, where you want it delivered to, who's it for. Six large pizzas, garlic bread, potatoes, di- uh, drinks and dips and desserts for f- uh, 15 people with Oak Fire Pizza, real wood fire pizza. Now in Clonakilty, Band and Princess Street, Galabi Street and in Douglas Village. Uh, Sean, thank you for holding. How are you? Good, how are you doing? Very good. Now, Neffet are way too interfering, you think? Yeah, I think they are, but Neffet will do what Neffet do. Uh, Michael O'Leary said this about a year ago when they were with, uh, on the travel stuff. He said they're doing what they're trained and they're conditioned to do. They're looking for zero COVID. But uh, we're looking to kind of get out of it, live with COVID, not live with the fear of COVID. Mm-hmm. And some of these rules, like, uh, we could talk till noon, on masks and restrictions and tables and standing and sitting. Yeah. It just becomes at this stage, I think, busybodyism. Yeah, their, their, their job really, when you, when you boil it down, is to protect us from ourselves. Yeah, and have two or three of them awarded the government's ear privately and recommendations and the government to take it or leave it. They take it at the moment. They're taking everything we have. The uh, government seems to have, have just keeled over. Michal Martin has abdicated any kind of responsibility. He seems to have uh, followed his predecessor, his hero, De Valera, who handed over everything to the church. And he all did everything to get the reins of power and he, in a wet day, and hands it over to Tony Hoolan. Yeah, but, the, but I, I, and I know, and, and, and uh, Tony Hoolan has possibly become the most powerful civil servant in the history of the state. Yeah, and Dr. Doom, he, 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 he just, I want, we won't personalise things. Yeah, but I, I, I heard an expert interview last night, Sean. I, I was listening what? to an expert interview last night, and all of the blame that's been put the government's way, you know, over the handling of the children and the, and the masks and 
uh, the stuff that's going on in schools. There was a very good counter-argument there to say, we've had such a successful vaccine rollout program, and now the booster program is kicking in, that we've actually corralled the virus to the unvaccinated, which is the kind of 7 to 12-year-olds. And that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And the other thing is, wear a, I'm all for freedom of choice. Wear a mask, whatever you, wherever, whenever you like. But do not force me. Do not ram it down my throat or my children's throat or my niece's throats or anyone else's throat. Why everything has to become a guideline or a, or a, a helpful advice. And in, within 48 hours, this lame duck government has turned it into a mandatory law punishable by God only knows. But rather than ever, like, there was a talk of getting rid of Neffet, harness their brutal authoritarianism and their single dogged mindedness and their, their bullying tactics and methods and handle the, the hospital crisis. Take on the ICU, take on the inefficiencies in the hospitals. They're all trained medical people. Maybe direct some of this, their energies and their zeal towards sorting out the 22 billion spent. That's very well put, John, and, we and a very valid argument in, in, in many yeah. ways. Because success of government after government... And it becomes a, a crisis, a national emergency. Can out anybody out fix the healthcare crisis? Out of 5 million people. You know what I mean? These are all so-called experts. Or maybe just get hands-on and get in there and start helping out, rather than sitting around and making up new rules to torment the hospitality industry and and, every, and, and make life so unpleasant and uncomfortable and scarifying for for so many people. Most of it, a lot of us just trying to get on with life. Like I say, let's live with COVID, not live with the terror of COVID. That's a fair point, Sean. Thank you for that. Uh, so, right. Neffet, way too interfering, and you're saying Micheál Martin has capitulated and handed over power to uh, Tony Hoolan, as Dev did to the Catholic Church. That's your point. Thanks a million, Sean. Oh, we've lost Sean. Okay. Free Food Friday, once again, Oak Fire Pizza. You can check it all out on oakfirepizza.ie. And uh, you can keep those texts coming in on 0868104106. Tell us who you are, who you want it for, and your chance to win six large pizzas, garlic bread, uh, potatoes, drinks, dips, and desserts for 15 people. Get texting on 0868104106. News at 10 o'clock on the way. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national, and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench. That's the Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now, 086-8104-106, Red FM. Now, during the week, I conducted an interview with Orla Flavin. It was heartrending. I was almost in tears. People have texted me and approached me to say they were in tears uh, listening to Orla's story. We welcome her back on the air. Uh, hi, Orla. Hiya, how are you doing? Very good. We had hoped to finish the programme with you in kind of a Christmassy style, uh, yeah. but that's not to be. You have many, many tests going on today. Yeah, I'm actually literally standing outside radiology, uh, radiology now. I just had um, a CT just of my spine. They just okay. want to check to see if, if there's anything on my spine, but um, hopefully it'll be okay. Yeah, and of course, the renewing the vow story caught the hearts and attention of of many many people around Cork. And I'm told yeah, you. Yeah, and you... I dropped something on the floor, and he bent down. <laughs> oh really? So, oh, yeah. t- t- tell me. He, he so did, it's going ahead. Did, um, so, so tell me how he how yeah. reproposed. How did he do it? Well, he kind of didn't so much repropose as romantically as he proposed, but he did kind of say, "Oh, go on, so if it's what you really want." You'd be the only one I'd marry twice. Oh, okay. So. Can, can, do you mind and do you mind listening to yourself now? We're just going to recap. Uh, it was a very long interview, about maybe twelve or thirteen minutes. But I've, 
Well, Mark, Mark has cut it down to three minutes. I'm going to play it now and we'll come back to you then, Orla, because we have a little something for you. This should be the happiest Christmas ever because my three-year-old is looking forward to Ho-Ho, as she calls him, <laughs> and her two-year-old sister will be just as delighted. But eight weeks ago, our world was completely turned upside down because I was diagnosed with lung cancer in both lungs. Totally out of the blue. And we don't know when our last Christmas will be. So for us now, it's all about making memories. So that when I am gone, they will have something to look back on. Initially, I was kind of, each day was a case of, all right, I'm feeling sorry for myself now because I'm not going to get to see this and I'm not going to get to see that. And, or letting my, letting my mind go to, you know, will I get that opportunity to be buying a communion dress? Will I, will I get that far? Will I even get as far as bringing my two-year-old to play school? I don't know. And, and I guess I the, 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 worry, the worry of you know, children who can't comprehend what's going on. Absolutely, but I'm lucky in a sense because they're so young, so they probably won't remember healthy mum. They'll remember mum, you know, that was always coughing a little bit or, you know, that had to lie down for a little while or had to rest for a little while. And that'll be their normal. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm taking that as a plus. I, I tell my little girls every day I love them and will you remember I love you? And if I'm not here, will you remember I love you? And we do, we do this little thing and you must ask daddy how much mommy always loves you. And that's my one fear really is that they'll forget much I love them. I don't think they'll forget. Give, give, them, have, give them the little things that you're doing friends. along the way. Yeah, I have wonderful family and friends who I know will remind them for me every single day. Because I'll come back and haunt them if they don't. <laughs> look, we'd love to look after you with something. If something comes our way, if somebody's listening, that can add to your memory box, if you like. Uh, we'll certainly pass it on. And I once again salute your bravery That's for coming thank on. You, thank you. And, and if you don't mind, we'd like to keep in touch along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All yeah. right, Orla. Thank you so much and for being so open you, and honest. You might just um, encourage people maybe to renew their wedding vows as well. I know of a couple actually who would love to renew their wedding vows. The husband isn't on board fully yet, but the wife is definitely wanting to renew her wedding vows. Tell me why and tell me what that means I'm to a woman. putting that out there. Go on, tell me why. Because the journey we've had over 13 years has been a wonderful one and I just want to remind him that and tell him I love him more now than I did the day I married him and I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. Mm. Wow. And so I just want to share that with him again and have that moment again and have our girls there and have our just perfect family in that bubble for that, that moment again. So that's what I'd like to do. Wow, you have everybody in tears again now. Everybody's welling yeah, up over that. Me, no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was kind of a Christmas wish and um, no, just, just, to be, just to be clear on everything, Seamus told me you were very slow to come back on again in case people would think you were looking for something or, or yeah. had your hand out for something. Can I just make it very, very clear? At no stage during our conversation or in any association with anyone on the staff here, did you ever, ever ask for a single thing? You just wished that your wedding vows could be renewed. 
and, yeah. um, and and that was more a message to my husband, really. To be okay, honest. and he's got the message, and and, and he, he got the message, and it's great. He, he's come true. Now here we go. Right, I'm going to put a bit of music behind this. He's, he's Ready? In recovery at the moment. <laughs> Here's a bit of music coming up behind it. Okay. And now, weddings by Seamus has something to announce. Right, um, make. Um, this is a wedding that we've organised in 24 hours. There you go. Okay. 12th of March. I'm even uh, welling up here now. Um, we've got everything. All we're short of are the suits for Neil and his groomsmen to be suited and booted. Um, we're working on a band. We'll have that later on today. And I need makeup. Everything else was done. Twenty four hours. Right, here we go. Right. Um Orla we can do the celebrant in the church if you want, but we leave that down to you because that's your thing, okay? To make it really special. But what we have is Orla McAndrew will provide Christmas dinner for yourself and your family. Jim McSweeney photography is going to do a Christmas family photo shoot um, John Sexton photography and Barry and Sheena from Bismack Studios are going to do a family photo shoot either in studio or on location um, then we have tickets for the Everyman Panto uh, for Aladdin and also uh, a private visit to Santa now this is where it gets serious the Cork International Hotel through Sandra Murphy and Aaron Mansworth. Uh, they're going to give us a family date night, uh, which is uh, an overnight for two adults, two children with private access to the hotel's movie room with hot chocolate and cookies in the room and dinner for the family in the New York restaurant. Now, the wedding. Um... Dominic Dunn Photography is going to do your wedding photos. I can vouch for him. He did mine back in 2013 and he is amazing. Um, Greg Mulcahy is going to do your video. Greg Mulcahy video. Caroline Fraher will do the ceremony. We have Fiona Kennedy will perform at a drinks reception for you. Um, Key to Beauty by uh, Kira Sheehan in Fickerstone will do your spray tan and your nails. Elizabeth Cott from Wondrous Flowers will do the bouquet and decor flowers for the venue. Sandra oh from God. To Have and To Hold uh, will do the ceremony decor and can do a floral wall uh, with candles for the ceremony that can be kept afterwards. Um, Michelle from, I actually missed Michelle's uh, business name, but I'll come back to that later. She'll also do decor, like the furniture if you need it for the venue or if you need posh glasses, that type of thing. Trace of Cakes will do your wedding cake. Um, I, Grace from Diamond Bridal, I believe you've uh, modelled for Grace before through the Girls Club. Uh, she'll do your wedding dress. Um, Sarah in the princess rooms will do your flower girl and bridesmaids dresses no bridesmaids dresses will have to be off the the hanger because it's very hard to actually order in bridesmaids dresses Kim Moynihan and Lin Kim Moynihan and Lindsay O'Leary will do your hair 
and we have also um, Gerard Kearney, magician, will actually perform at the wedding venue. We have uh, one or two ideas for a wedding venue, and um, they they should come back later on. So. Um, that's what we have so far and um, I just have to say that quite a lot of these people in these industries have been really hit by COVID and the restrictions over the last two years and um, they've just come up trumps there you go Orla I bet you weren't expecting any of that what do you think I'm sorry I just can't keep my composure this time I'm just so no, we just need to get makeup for Niall and the lads, and uh, I think we have it sorted. And I'll have a band for you later on as well. I've been promised a band. And we're, we're working on a venue. It's not, it's not going to be totally cost free, obviously. Uh, you know, there's no, going to have to be some no. contribution, maybe to the meal cost or something. Absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're looking at thousands and thousands of memories for the children now. This is just—it's—it's it's more than I could have imagined. Our wedding was. When I when we got married, he said to me, "If we can't do it ourselves, or family and friends can't do it, we're not doing it." I wanted it to be kind of a small, and and so we didn't really have. We had a beautiful wedding, but we didn't have kind of the big wedding with all the trimmings, yeah. because I kind of felt it was more about the two of us, and so like being able to celebrate it this way is just. Oh my God, it's just going to be a dream come true. It's amazing. It's 24 to 48 hours. Seamus has been putting heart and soul into this. Um, I called my husband Superman. Fucking hell, sorry for the language. Just Seamus is the Superman pulling this together in that time. And Orla, I I specifically told him the 12th of March for your 14th wedding anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. And Caroline Fraher, she's unbelievable. We had her at our wedding as well. Um, beautiful singer. She is, she is. And I think we might be pulling in the music as well. So if Dominic Finn is listening, Dominic, come on board. 12th of March. Caroline can't do it on her own. Uh, Orla, I just got a text there on my own phone from uh, Dave O'Connor in Suits Distributors. All of the suits are sorted for you now as well. Oh my God, thank you so much. This is amazing. I, yeah. I, oh yeah. <laughs> Look, you, 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 came, you came on because you came on because somebody was saying, "Don't be bringing small kids to Santa." You came on to say, "This could be my last time bringing my small little kids to Santa." And you came on wanting to make memories, uh, and and now I really believe you're going to make thousands of memories here that they'll cherish forever. It's, it's like when I, I can't thank you enough. Well, and Orla, it's the people of Cork because when when somebody comes on and I found it from working through Red that if you're a if you come if you're a genuine person you're in need of help the people of Cork rally and that's what they're doing they're I know it's amazing they're rallying to give you the memories that you can pass on to your kids and 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 that's what it is um, one or two of them have uh, have come through and they, they just want to do stuff privately in the background so like Enjoy it. So lovely. Orla, I want to read you some texts because you've you, now we've all of Cork crying, okay? You might get some bit of fun out of these, right? Okay. Are, are you okay for a minute or two? I know you've got radiology. Yeah. 
Okay, um, uh, I don't think anyone who's listening isn't crying right now. Holy Jesus, you guys are simply amazing. For Christ's sake, Mick, that's twice in a week. I've tears in my eyes in work. That's not good for a six foot four mechanic. Uh, sweet Jesus, lads, I'm in bits. Goosebumps, says Eilish. Well done, the people of Cork. The city is crying listening to that woman. Uh, they wish her all the best. Oh my God, I'm bawling. Well done to all. So, so listen, Orla, um, final words from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And on behalf of my little girls who have beautiful photographs that they're in with their mum to look at and beautiful memories, I just thank you all so very, very much. I'm I'm humbled and overwhelmed at the response that my story has had. And I don't feel that I deserve any of this. You deserve every bit of it, Orla. You deserve every bit of it. Thank you so much. Okay, listen, you're going to make thousands of memories, as I said, but there is one memory uh, that you've created here that your children will not realise for some time, and I don't think you even realise it yet yourself. And, and that's this, right? That at the tail end of a pandemic, where two years of restrictions had really pressurised the people of Cork, and they were a bit downtrodden mentally and emotionally, uh, your story touched the hearts of thousands of listeners, and for all of the suppliers that have... Uh, rallied round to do something big for you on the 12th of March. You brought out the best in Christmas spirit in those people of Cork. That's the memory they'll cherish. I hope so. Thanks, Orla. It would be lovely. Thank you so much. Best of Thank luck you. with the ongoing medical procedures. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you so much. Bye-bye. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And in the true spirit of Christmas, the text machine is on fire with people uh, ringing in and texting in uh, with that incredible offer from the very kind suppliers around Cork. Once again, to mention Dave O'Connor in Suits Distributors and Ballet Corrine is going to look after all of the all the boys for the day uh, in the family and a man who's uh, going through his own trials and tribulations at the moment and trying to recover with his own health issues uh, was spoken to by, uh, by Neil on the air I think last week or the week before and that is Kieran Kramer uh, and Kieran is in uh, or was in rehab at that stage in Dublin for his uh, uh, trying to get back on his feet again uh, and Kieran said I'm ba- uh, bawling here I'm getting stronger every day leaving here tomorrow for Leaside I'm looking forward to getting back to some bit of normality um, but bawling crying he said Mick I will supply the music on the night if needed uh, so that is a magnanimous gesture from uh, Kieran Kramer who is wheelchair bound at the moment and trying to get back on his feet uh, and struggling and uh, working hard towards that every day but prepared to supply the music for Orla on the night if needed. Oh my God I'm in tears for what you've done for Orla you never let any of your listeners down so much gratitude I'm bawling walking the dog this morning over the wedding story. Lads the whole of Cork is crying ugly tears of joy this morning for this beautiful family. Oh my God I can't stop crying. What an absolutely kind gesture of love, generosity and kindness for Orla and her family. I'm so proud to be from Cork. Absolutely amazing. Uh, the heart uh, touching gives me hope again in humanity and thank you. Uh, well done to all that offer their services and sending love and hugs to Orla and her family, says Michelle Deneen. Jesus, I'm in tears here, she said. Hi Mick, I've cried a lot of stories on the show but I've never cried so much for what you're doing for Orla. Oh my God, ye are earth angels. Uh, Friday's tears done. Class radio. Uh, oh my God, I'm bawling crying over that woman. Uh, what a lovely brave woman. Incredible radio there. I would love to help if I may. I'm keen to DJ at no cost for two hours uh, there after the band. So get a number on that one, Seamus. Uh, I don't have a name or a number, but thank you so much, whoever you are. Keen to DJ at no cost for two hours after the band. Oh my God, well done, lads, especially Seamus. When we all stop crying and I'm a man, uh, you've just lifted the spirits of our beautiful city. 
Hopefully Orla has many more Christmases. What an uh, inspirational lady. And well done, Red FM. The Christmas spirit is alive and kicking in Cork this morning. No words for what you've done, and so on and so on. Miles Gaffney will also perform uh, there as well. Maybe at the follow-up, if there's a day too. And that would be entertaining. The people of Cork just providing and proving uh, how much legends they really are. Well done to all. And unbelievable, guys. What credit Seamus is, uh, is due and your team. Wishing Orla... All the very best on her journey. I'm in bits listening to this, says Greg. Now let's get to our free... Oh, before I do, and before I forget, uh, let's get to another charitable endeavour. Oh, the Cork Candy Man also wants to give one of their candy packages. So that should be a nice little sweet treat. I'm just imagining the photographs here. This is all tinged with sadness because of Orla's uh, terminal diagnosis. But it's really, really going to leave uh, the memories that she just came on wishing she could get. Didn't ask for anything, and look what she got. Now, to whom it may concern, is there any chance of a mention on air this week, please, that the Douglas Lions Club will have food trolleys well signposted outside Dunn's and Douglas Court Shopping Centre and at Ryan Super Value from this Thursday, the 2nd of December to Sunday, the 5th of December inclusive. So that's today until next Sunday. They'll also have a trolley at Tesco Extra in the Village Shopping Centre on Thursday, the 2nd only. So Tesco only today if you're going in there. Ryan Super Value and uh, Douglas Court Shopping Centre Dunn's there uh, from now until Sunday. No collectors are allowed to stand by the trolleys due to the COVID restrictions. And if shoppers could drop non-perishable items into the trolleys, the Lions will ensure that the most needy will get help this Christmas. So let's keep the spirit of Christmas going now and pay it forward a little. And that's from uh, Lions Club members Liam Maloney, uh, president and members, uh, also the president and the members of Douglas and District Lions Club. Very quickly again, today until Sunday, Duns and Douglas Court Shopping Centre, well signposted also at Ryan's Super Value today until Sunday. And today only at uh, Tesco Extra in the Village Shopping Centre uh, today only for your non-perishables. They won't be able to thank you personally because they can't stand at the uh, trolleys because of COVID restrictions. Back to our phone lines and to Anne-Marie. Hi, Anne-Marie. Hi, Mick. How, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm not the better at that. But here we go. Uh, you were in Scotland and your father passed away. Uh, and, yeah. and you stayed for the funeral and then booked a flight. Yeah, well, I actually, we'd, we'd um, come out when he was sick and we were due to fly back on Friday and unfortunately passed away on a Thursday night. So I stayed for the funeral. Okay. So it took nearly two weeks um, for the funeral to be arranged. So we'd booked our flights, I'd say, last Friday when we knew the date was Wednesday and we said, right, we'll book them to come out on the Saturday, just give us a couple of days. Um, and then we were hearing from friends and just looking on Google that seemingly there was new rules coming in. So we did, we, but nobody contacted. Ryanair had sent us an email just saying, you know, check your, your the country that you're travelling to. But it wasn't clear because we we actually had COVID in August. The four of us, my, my hus, myself, my husband, and my two kids. Yeah. So we've recovered from COVID certs. Plus, we're both vaccinated. So we were told that those certs are valid up until February next year. So we assumed we were fine. But I yesterday or Tuesday night I rang Dublin Airport and the girl said that was fine, recovered for COVID. But then yesterday I got another email for Ryanair, so I said I better ring. They told me to ring the embassy in Dublin. I rang them who put me on to the travel advice crowd in the Department of Foreign Affairs. I waited forty minutes and then I get told uh, you need an antigen test. But see, we were told by the HSC we could test positive for up to eight or nine months. 
Yeah, this is going to cause major, major upheaval, and I think that's possibly one of the reasons why the uh, the the requirements are put back forty eight hours until Sunday. You can test positive in an antigen test or in a PCR having recovered from COVID for apparently eight or nine months. Yep, and like I booked it for to get the test today, so that we'd have you know we would know by the time we're out tomorrow. So now when I rang the crowd to cancel today, I'm not going to get a full refund, and it cost one hundred and sixty five pounds. Wow. Um, and my youngest daughter, who is eight, um, is exempt. That makes no common sense to me because she got COVID in August. So if there was a possibility we could get it again, how yeah. has she not been tested? You know? Okay. Uh, she, uh, exempt because of her age, I guess, is it? Yes. Yep. Yep. That's children under 11 do not need any sort of test. Okay, but, but I, uh, the, the, the real crux of the issue here is that the United Kingdom are honouring the Common Travel Area Agreement and the Republic of Ireland, yeah. Ireland have broken the spirit of it. Yeah, they have, and like, but it was very, very last minute. I understand this changes all the time, but we had our flights booked. Yeah, before any restrictions came into effect, you had your flights yeah. booked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so, and as I said, we have every, basically our vaccination certs and our recovered from COVID certs are null and void. They don't mean anything anymore. Yeah, you'd, you'd wonder sometimes how much, I, I know they're all intelligent people in the government, but you'd wonder sometimes, you know, the, do they realise the extent of these diktats when they're brought in so quickly? Do they realise how much how much work and effort has gone into creating pantomimes? Do they realise how much Christmas order uh, and stock uh, ordering has gone in to the, I know, and I know they're doing it all for the most noble and altruistic of reasons, uh, to protect public health. Um, but pulling the rug, uh, as they're doing so often now, is really starting to wear a bit thin, especially in the hospitality industry, whatever about travel. But now it's left you in a sticky wicket, hasn't it? it ha- well, I'm basically, like as I said, like we're fortunate we could afford to pay it. What if we were down to the last penny and I couldn't pay for these? Am I getting told we can't come home? Yes, <laughs> essentially. I, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's the bottom line. You know, I would have been stuck here till when? January? <laughs> yeah. At, at least you're laughing about it. And listen, condolences on the passing of your dad. Yeah, thanks very much. Okay. So your flights are booked. What's the situation now? What are you going to be doing? Well, basically, I, got, I saw an email this morning from Ryanair saying um, it's been put off till Sunday, that we don't require these tests anymore, but obviously ours were booked. So I've, I rang the, the healthcare crowd who were getting tested in Glasgow Airport, and the guy told me that basically because I'm cancelling on the day, I'm only going to get a partial refund. I don't know how much that is yet. I'm waiting in an email. When, when are you coming so, in? Are you coming in before Sunday? Tomorrow. Okay, so you're, you're covered there, but it's by the skin of your teeth kind of thing. Literally, yeah, I'm just getting in. <laughs> all right. I love the accent. <laughs> thanks very much. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Thanks for filling us in on all that detail. Cheers. Bye-bye. Catherine's also in the UK. Hi, Catherine. Hello. Morning. Uh, are, you, are you all confused as well? Oh, look, I'm flying home tomorrow morning for my mother's month's mind. And um, we were told we had to have a test, but you, there are so many different reports out there. Whether you have to have a paid test, whether it doesn't have to be a paid test. So I've done both. And then this morning you hear you don't need it at all. It's been the most stressful week ever. Oh, I don't know what they're doing there. So you live in London, you're due to fly home tomorrow. I That's for your mum's most mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now you're not going to need a test. No, but I've done them and paid for them. Both yeah. of them, because I didn't know if I needed an antigen one or a PCR one. Wow, so you got both, both of them. I did, because they tell you they'll accept this, they won't accept that. You just don't know. And every time you go on, you read different reports. 
Ryanair sends you uh, an email. Oh, I shouldn't have said Ryanair, should I? It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it's in, all the airlines are sending emails. Yeah. Um, Ryanair will probably have a glut of people coming home today and tomorrow now. I bet they will. But yeah, but then they send you a list and whoever you've had your test with, if, you're not, if they're not on that list, they don't accept that either. But you know what's causing right. real confusion here amongst people who have oh. incoming family or who intend to yeah. travel is this rushing through the doyle of the Oireachtas of the uh, mandatory hotel quarantine. It's not accompanied by any list that I can see. People are scared. They're, oh, is the country I'm coming from? Is Spain or France yeah. or Italy or the UK? Do I have to spend 10 days in a hotel? It's causing serious That's confusion. True. And I bet there's people all over the world who've paid for these tests that are supposed to do are due to fly in tomorrow morning. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just ridiculous. But yeah, so at least I know I'm going to get home tomorrow anyway. Well, well done, and have a happy Christmas and and all the best oh. for the new year as well. Thanks Thank for that, Catherine. Thank you very much, Mick, and to everyone at home. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. All the best. Bye bye. It's twenty five minutes to eleven now. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. So much to cover between now and 12 midday. Free Food Friday for all the staff in Broderick's Chemist in Barrick Street. Uh, Free Food Friday working for Sodexo and Eli Lilly Kinsale. The catering and cleaning staff have been working through everything. And as part of the admin team watching them, I think they deserve the pizzas. Thanks, is Maria. Hi, Mick. We'd love it at Celtic, uh, Celtic Interiors in Douglas, please. All the team works super hard to get uh, everyone's kitchens fitted in time for Christmas. We'd love the pizza for all the dispatch team in Roadstone, Balancolic. Hi, making a happy Friday. I'd love to win the pizza for my sister Shona, who is working in Boots on Half Moon Street. They are working around the clock and are super busy helping the people of Cork with their Christmas shopping. It would be very well deserved. For the not-so-hard-working Barmy Army in the DHL supply chain on the Ballycoreen Industrial Estate, there's nothing like a pizza to help us get through those long days. And happy Christmas to all at Red FM. We're a small school just outside Bandon. There are two teachers, two SNAs, and a resource teacher, plus 39 students. So we could share with the children, says Cloda and Liz. I'd love to share this with my dad, mom, sisters, nieces and nephews and especially my sister who's coming home from Australia for Christmas this week, says Ashling. For all the girls at Golden Years Care Services, Catherine, Laura, Imelda, Nora, Lisa, Marie and Mary, it would be a great treat because we cancelled our Christmas party for safety. Our wonderful clients are our priority. The girls work so hard calling and caring for the elderly. That's Catherine, the owner of Golden Years Care, uh, Care Services. Pizza, please. We've worked very hard all week here in Davis College. Could we get a shout out for Bailey and Miss Harding, please. Hi, guys. Free Food Friday for Ashton School on the Black Rock Road. Block Wall Developments in Ballandlana. Could you give a shout-out, please, to all at O'Driscoll Plantire at Roadstone Ballygarvin. I would love to win Free Food Friday. For all the girls at All Round Beauty in Mayfield, we would absolutely love to win this. Uh, hi, Mick. This is David McCarthy of Enable Ireland Adult Services, Little Island. My friends and staff would love the pizza. We're working very hard. Free Food Friday, please, for Guys and Dolls Hair Salon, South Main Street. Anne and the girls in Passage West Post Office. Hi, guys. Lunch, please, for Karen and her colleagues at O'Donovan's Life Pharmacy in Ballyfehan. And we'll do a few more. Would absolutely love it for myself and the gang working hard in Harper's Hair Design in Mayfield. Pizza, please, for Tony and all the lads in Eurocar Parts. Hi, guys. Free Food Friday for Shirley and all her girls at Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic in Glanmire. It would be a lovely treat for all the team after a very busy start to the Christmas madness for all of us hard workers at Irish Oxygen in Waterfall. Thanks a million from Olga, Stacey and co. And two more. Uh, hello, all the uh, Common Sports Warehouse staff in Little Island. Uh, hello to you all working away for the busy shops and the online shoppers over Christmas. We will share with the office lads as well. And Mirror Mirror Hair Salon in Mayfield. 
from Donna Coleman. And that is our Free Food Friday. Of course, it's with Oak Fire Pizza. They are in Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Galabi Street and Douglas Village. Oakfirepizza.ie is where you'll find them online. And we have to give away six large pizzas, garlic bread, potatoes, drinks, dips and desserts for 15 people. So get those texts uh, in to 086-8104-106 and tell us who you are and who you want it for. Now, back to our phone lines and to Audrey. Hi, Audrey. Good morning, Mick. How are you? I'm great altogether. You're the tanning guru. So you're the, you're the fake guru. tan expert. Um, I'd like to say, yeah, I'm the, ta- the tanning expert, we said. I hate the word fake. Okay, yeah, I do too. Um, yes. So you're a tanning expert. But it is essentially, you are putting on a tan that's not real. So that's where the 100%. word fake came from. But it's a safe no. tan. Always remember, it's a safe tan. We won't call it fake, we'll call it a safe tan. Okay, can I just set out my stall here? You're talking to somebody now who's completely bemused by this industry, okay? Someone who doesn't understand the obsession with lashes, who doesn't understand the obsession with nails, and who doesn't understand the obsession, I'm not being cruel here, of people trying to convince me, do you honestly think that I think that you're tanned? You look like an oompa loompa, you look like... Donald Trump. You see, I'll tell you one thing now, that's one thing that actually upsets me because I've never done an orange tan in my life unless someone wanted an orange tan. Tans have got, they've developed so much over the years. It's a billion euro industry. So most tans now mimic real tans. Okay. I started 20 years ago and to be honest with you, we were spraying Cooperanol on people. They were, they were like mangoes going around the place. There was, there was a runny tan, wasn't there? Runny, well, that depends though on your skill and how you apply your tan. Yeah, years ago I'm talking about. Uh, runny tan, I've never had a runny tan. I've had all different tans, but never a runny tan. I've had people running after a tan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this, no, this time of the year uh, and this day in particular, the first Friday of December, would yeah. be normally, um, you know, and I suppose even if people are cancelling their Christmas parties, you must be run off your feet. I tell you now, I'm very lucky, Mick, because it's a lot of wedding parties I have booked. Um, I didn't get that many Christmas bookings. I think people were kind of erring on the side of caution this year. So thank God I haven't had an awful lot of cancellations. I think the bridal parties are just relieved that the weddings are going ahead for them because God love us, a lot of them have had to change, you know, reschedule three and four times. So it's been very hard on people. Okay, now these these tans. I'm not a chemist, but they contain yeah. key, key ingredients like. Let me have a stab at this: ethoxy lysol, uh, erythrulose, and dihydroxy dihydroxy acetone. and that's the ingredient that the EU have decided to regulate. Now, I've tried to do my research on it and to find out why they are um, re- regulating it. I can't find any reason. And my biggest fear in all of this is if all you can get is a medium tan over the counter from, ja- from January on, you can't buy anything over a medium tan. And my biggest fear here is that it's going to draw a lot of people towards the sunbed. Okay, now this is this is a real and present danger of, of fake tan. Sorry, of um, of tan uh, running out uh, in the Christmas period. It's not that it's going to run out. It's a new law that was brought in by the EU. They have now regulated the use of DHA in tans, which is the, the tanning agent. So the max you can get in any product is going to be ten percent from January. Okay. That's the medium tan. Like some, sometimes you go up to 20%. So that'll just give you an idea. 
they're really limiting the use of it. So, and it's not just for me, it's not just the tans that I can use, it's the tans that people can buy in the chemist. And I think people don't realise that. Okay. So there's going to be changes, and that's down to EU regulation. The active EU ingredients regulation. are being more regulated. Yes, yes. Um, the, 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 the DHA, which is the colorant, which is what makes your, your skin turn brown, it's basically, an, it's a sugar mix, and it reacts with the keratin in your skin, and it'll make your skin go brown. It's like if you cut an apple, and, and you leave it to the air for a few minutes, it goes brown. That's at its basic what tanning is. That's the actual process. Okay. So you've got big brands out there now. I see on the shelf stuff like Saint-Tropez, Bondi Sands. I suppose that's about Bondi Beach, isn't it? And San Moritz. San Moritz is a, is a skiing area. Hardly associated with tanning, but there you go. That's a big brand, isn't it? There you go. A lot of the tanning brands out there base their businesses on the fact that they're dark tanning. You've got sometimes they're quite natural looking, but there's and and these these companies were never consulted, so they weren't given an opportunity to come up with an alternative ingredient. But to be honest with you, it's such a huge industry and it's growing all the time. I believe that they're working behind the scenes like crazy at the moment to try and rectify the situation, and I do believe that they'll have they'll have an alternative. Okay, now just to pick up on something you said, you said that the possible shortage of the darker tans may drive people towards sunbeds. But isn't that yeah. fully regulated now? Who do you mean? The sunbeds are regulated. Are, are the sunbeds fully legal now? Are they gone or are they regulated? Make I've got clients there um, that I'd be trying to persuade to get off the sunbeds by getting their tan because you're going on a sunbed, you're going around like a, a, a bit of pork, onion and tomato, pink with little blotches all over you for months, <laughs> then you get a tan. That's damage to the skin. You're damaging your skin. And I see people now who 20 years ago were on sunbeds and I'm tanning them now and spray tanning them. They've had to have, have, have moulds removed, tiny little moulds that could be centimetres deep into your skin. Now, the sunbeds 20 years ago were a lot different than what are out there today. The ones that are out there today would strip the skin off you after three minutes. So they're for, they're for quick tanning, is it? you're going on a sunbed, you're going into a microwave, you're cooking your body, you're cooking your skin. You see people there, they're going real navy, they're weak for themselves. They're, like, people don't realise what the sunbed can do to them. The sunbed can kill you. Okay, let's, let's in, in the interest of balance now, let's, let's allow anyone in the sunbed industry that wants to uh, form a defence for your argument to come on and, and allow them to take some airtime. If you go up to CUH, if you go up to the South Infirmary, you go over, go up to the radiation department in CUH, you see young people up there getting treated for skin cancer. They get that from the sun, from UVA rays. There's no UVA rays in spray tanning. Okay, so now, apparently there's lots of, uh, a texture says, lots of really young girls on the sunbeds now. Another texture no. says, that girl Audrey, tanning guru, is amazing. She came to my house two weeks ago. She was a pleasure. And I have to say, the best tan I ever had, says Trina. How much does a tan cost if you call to a house? 35 euro and cheap at half the price. That seems reasonable. Yeah, and you know what it is now? You walk in, you could be a bit, hmm, and you come out and you have a big smile on your face, you feel great. It gives okay. you great confidence. And you don't look orange and you don't look like an umpa I promise you won't look orange. Okay. I, not, no, 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 you won't. Okay, Audrey, where can people find the tanning guru? Where, they, where can they on find Facebook, you? Facebook, Instagram, uh, anywhere at all. I, 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 I Just give me a shout. I, I, I'll be out to you straight away. And Mick, do you know what now? 
there'll be no white Christmas in Cork with me around. And especially <laughs> if you want to know a blast, I'll get you into the tent now. And, uh, and apparently it takes a half like, a stone off you as well. Half a stone, ten pounds at least anyway. And you'll be like Kylie Minogue, been around in the tent, you'll be my hog. <laughs> Audrey, thanks a million. I better get off, get you off air before you make me a personal invitation. Thank you very much. Good luck. No, 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 no. It's okay. You don't. No, 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 no. Bye, bye. Oh, we've lost. We've lost Audrey. Have we? Yes, we've lost Audrey. Dennis, good morning to you. Dennis. Hello. Hi, Dennis. How are you, Pat? Very good, man. What's happening? You got over to the match. We did. We got there. Okay. Just to re- recap on it, uh, you didn't have a passport. You applied for it six weeks ago for your son. It wasn't coming. You had your Ryanair flights booked. We suggested booking Aer Lingus. What happened in the end? We still didn't get a passport. It's still as of today, um, still at the airport. We what I done was I just left the Ryanair flights off and I booked the um, the Aer Lingus flights to go a day earlier. And yeah, we got there. Apologies, no my voice. It's, it's oh, no problem. Us, uh, lot of shouting last night. <laughs> what match was it again? Was it United and Arsenal? And Arsenal. Okay, that was a good match. That was yeah. uh, Michael Carrick's last one in charge. It was Berlin. in three two to United. Uh, young fella got to see two of his heroes score the three goals, and he spent the entire ninety minutes shouting and having the best time of his life. So, just brilliant, absolutely fantastic. So, Dad is a hero for Christmas now. I, I think I am anyway. <laughs> You're on a bit of a sweat though coming home into the uh, the new COVID regulations. Oh, we were, yeah, because obviously, because we went to the early and because I wasn't aware of these things up until yesterday, you know, and we started looking in you know, over here to book the rap ranch and testings in chemists and that and the, the closest availability for bookings they had was Monday. I said, like, I'm not going to be here on Monday and um, am I going to get home now? I'm putting so much effort into getting here, you know? So yeah. I, one, of the, one of my friends texted me in this morning and said that um, it's been delayed till Sunday, which is, which is fantastic. Brilliant. So, okay, well, look, we're, we're seeing an awful lot of Christmas spirit on the programme this morning, Dennis. Uh, and in your text, you said you'd still like to make... Uh, you were going to give a 100 euro donation if we could help you to get the passport, uh, but you'd still like to make that 100 euro charity donation uh, on behalf of the programme for our, our efforts in trying to help you anyway. From uh, yourself, yeah, uh, from yeah, Dennis yeah, and Dunica. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Okay. Uh, let's uh, ask Brenda to choose a charity and we'll get that. Brenda, which charity do you favour for that 100 euros from Dennis, do you think? <laughs> Penny Dinners, Cork Rake Prices Centre, RNLI, pick one. We'll get one, uh, we'll get a worthy charity, Dennis. We'll inform you uh, as to which charity it is. And of course, uh, once we receive the money and uh, we can uh, donate it, we will, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, considering, yeah, and Brenda said, just one second, come back on there, Brenda. Yeah, the Cork Rape Crisis Centre, considering the, uh, the very heavy interview we had yesterday with, uh, Rachel McElroy and, uh, the good that it did. I think let's, uh, let's send money that way. So we will send you a receipt, Dennis, from the Cork Rape Crisis Centre as soon as that's available, okay? Yeah, no problem with that. It just, um, as soon as I get home there, um, after the weekend there, I'll, I'll send it, will I send it into yourselves? Actually, actually you know, rather than us handling the money, why don't you make the donation yourself and just uh, send us a WhatsApp of the receipt and we'll give you a mention. Well, Thanks a million, no Dennis. Thanks. Thanks. Cheers. Bye bye. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM.
And now then, let's open the lines for our Homefront Giftware and Interiors competition. Give us a call, 1850 We're going to take two callers on the air. We have two 200 euro vouchers. So give away one now and one between 11 o'clock and 12. It's for Homefront, a Cork family business specialising in all your giftware and interior needs. But if you don't want to rush through the traffic and you want to do a little pre-browsing, then let us direct you to their brand new and revamped website at homefrontgiftware.ie. They are, if you are travelling, in Carrigaline, Bandon, Middleton, Wilton, Douglas and Blackpool. And they were established in Carrigaline and have grown out of there since 1999. Homefront, a Cork family business specialising in all your giftware and interior needs. Uh, now from Glenthorne Celtic FC, this Saturday we'll be collecting for Cork Street Angels who work tirelessly, uh, tirelessly for Cork's homeless and especially at Christmas. We will be outside our pitch on Saturday 4th of December between 12 and 4 and we'll be accepting non-perishable food, new clothes, new toys and adult gift sets. Uh, for those not familiar, our pitch is located between St. Aidan's School and Skull Oliver in Ballyvalan. Thank you in advance. That's the Street Angels Homeless Group collecting next Saturday outside the pitch. Uh, Street Angels between 12 and 4. Once again, accepting non-perishable food, new clothes, new toys and adult gift sets. Now, let's get to a couple of emails before we break for news at 11. Hey Mick, coming up to Christmas again, I worry about making purchases with the possibility of more lockdowns and returns not being honoured. I went through this last year with a purchase at a store in Cork and then we went straight into lockdown. I was waiting for restrictions to lift to return the unsuitable, non-essential items. But when I finally got there, I was informed by a manager that my 28 days return period had passed. Uh, and the shop had been open the whole time as an essential only store, so it shouldn't even have uh, been processing those items. Um, I won't mention the name of the shop, but I informed the manager there that I couldn't get there because of the travel ban, which had been in place for months. But the manager argued that others had been doing it no problem. So I should have too. He was, in other words, advising me to break the law. I arrived within the 28 days return periods if you take the legal travel ban into account. And my return should have been honoured. I know other retailers were extending their returns period by 28 days or even longer to help customers out, not punish them for actually following the law like this business uh, does. I'd encourage people to watch out for retailers taking advantage of the pandemic and forcing customers into stressful and vulnerable positions coming up to the holidays, especially with everything in the news recently. Kind regards, and that is from L. Now then, it is our Homefront Giftware and Interiors competition. We've got two callers to welcome online. First in was Marie, who's in Colleen's on line four. Good morning to you, Marie, or Mari. Hello, Marie. Marie, how are you, Marie? Happy Christmas to you. And on, you. on line one, Mary Toomey uh, in Dunamore. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mick. How are you? Very good, and happy Christmas to you as well. Right then, we have a question. Marie can go first. Whoever gets the closest percentage will win the €200 Euro voucher for Homefront Giftware and Interiors on homefrontgiftware.ie. And here is the question. According to a survey by Tesco Ireland, what percentage of Irish adults say they expect to spend more this Christmas than they did last year. I think that's a bit of a trick question now, so be very careful, ladies. According to a survey by Tesco Ireland, what percentage of Irish adults say they expect to spend more this Christmas than they did last year? Marie? Uh, 50%. And uh, let's get Mary? Uh, 63. It was 21, so Marie and Colleen's is the winner. Thank you, guys. We'll get the... Happy Christmas right, to you both, and we'll get it in, in the post to you as soon as we can. You'll enjoy all the fun of the fair for Christmas time at homefrontgiftware.ie. They are in Wilton, Douglas, Blackpool, Bandon, Middleton, and Carrigaline. We'll do it again in the next hour. It's the Neil Prendeville Show, and we have news at 11 on the way.
I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. And let's get to our Free Food Friday mentions again. All of these people have texted in uh, with their location and who they want the uh, pizza for from Oak Fry Pizza. Hi, I'd love the pizzas for my wife who really has had a rough year with illness. My kids could do with a boost as well. They are Ruth, Tony Clare and Dean. Uh, would share with my neighbours too. Thanks from Dave. Imelda and the gang at Cork Distribution on Little Island. Please consider make all these staff at Kinsale Community Hospital for Free Food Friday. They were incredible in caring for my wonderful Nana these past two years. That's from Siobhan and Balance Spittle. Hey Mick, we're looking for uh, to enter Free Food Friday. It's Tara and Izzy and we work for the Lee COVID Test Centre and we would really love a nice treat. We really would appreciate if you uh, would pick up uh, the mood by sending us the Oak Fire Pizza. Free Food Friday for True Temper. It's never been so busy. All the gang at Carberry Creamery. We'd love the pizza after a hectic week. It would be the perfect way to start our weekend. Free Food Friday for everyone at Listener Bryn Engineering in Mitchellstown. We listen every day. Elsie Tiles and Bathrooms in Clohine Business Park. We'd love to share with our neighbours, our Sullivan Brothers. We're starving. Happy Christmas, Mick, to you and all at Red FM. Thanks, guys. Free Food Friday for SOS Recovery in Blarney. We'd love pizza today. 15 hungry hounds here in the yard. Uh, from Billy Morrissey, FTC accountants in Wellington Road. We'd love a Friday treat. Would love for the family this evening a night off from cooking. That's Gillian and Douglas. We're at Peak and Fireplaces in the Hollymount Industrial Estate. Uh, we're huge fans of the show. Marie and all the team from PetInsure.ie. We are busy minding the country's pets here at our office in Cork. And we'll get back to more of the Free Food Friday mentions between now and 12 midday. But now back to our lines and to a complete change of subject. I'm going to speak to Gareth Landy. Good morning, Gareth. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Now, you're the couple from Kildare. You and Anna McLeod shared how IVF with donor sperm gave you beautiful twins because you were diagnosed with a very rare condition. Can you tell us about the condition, Gareth? Well, yeah, well, I wouldn't say it's that rare in that it's actually just very, um, it's just not that widely known would be probably the more accurate way. Um, so I have an extra X chromosome in my genetic makeup. And I only learned about this when Anne and I tried to start a family four years ago. And um, thank you for letting me come on to your show, firstly. It's a pleasure. um, Yeah, so will I tell you a bit about my background? Okay, sure. So Anne and I, my wife Anna, has MS. So for Anna to get pregnant, she had to come off her MS medication. So we had like a a window for, for Anna to try and get pregnant. And we've been trying for a while and... Anna was not getting pregnant at all, so I went for a sperm analysis with my local GP here, and the re- the results came back. That basically they, they said mm, the GP said, "Oh, it says there's nothing there, but look, you know that could be a mistake in the lab, so we'll do it again." So I did another sperm analysis, and that came back zero sperm count. Like I've heard, uh, we've all heard of low sperm count, but this came back zero sperm count. Okay, and. That was, you can imagine, that was really overwhelming um, on, on hearing that news. And what we ended up doing was we went to see a urologist um, in the outer Dublin area. And he, I would say he's now retired, which is fantastic. And his bedside manner was completely abysmal. Okay. In that he That's why it's briefly. fantastic he's retired, is it? Yeah, yeah, I always kind of open, open with that. 
so no one else will have to hear what he did or said to me. And even now, like, you know, I've talked to a few radio stations around the country about this, and it still, it still hurts, to be honest, because how I was told I was infertile, no one should actually ever have to experience that while being charged, whatever we were charged. Okay. And he sat me down, he looked me in the eyes, and he said, Gareth, it doesn't work downstairs. You need to get over that and move on. And that how, that's how I was told originally that I was infertile. Wow. And, and, a, and a big check had to be paid. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember now. It was maybe 160, 180 euro for 20-minute consult- consultation. So that was... I can imagine it was really overwhelming. Like what happened at that moment in my life was I actually started to kind of retreat within myself. Sure. And And did did it affect your confidence? Oh, very much so. Um, Because, you know, I I was talking to your colleague there, Seamus, and during the week, and I've become quite empowered in recent times to speak out about male infertility because it's a topic that people are not really aware of in that a lot of people, and I still believe this, well, not now, I don't, but I always believe that fertility issues were only really associated with women because you never heard guys ever talking about it. But, you know, we need a sperm as much as the egg to make a child. So, so you, you had an extra X chromosome, is that, is that what it was? And so uh, these yeah, so I, these chromosomes called ahead. the sex chromosomes will determine the genetic sex of a baby. But but you had no potency whatsoever. Is that is that kind of what it is? Well, yeah, so it's, it's actually a spectrum. So, you know, if you, we've all that term, we've all heard that term is if you meet someone who has autism, you've met one person with autism and it, it applies to XXY people as well. So one of the kind of, some of the traits that you can have for our sake is like, I'm very tall, like I'm six foot three. Um, some other people, and I definitely was in that category as well, I'll explain in a few minutes, is I would have lower natural testosterone than most other men. So to give a scale to yourself and your listeners is I was told that there's a scale of zero to 30 and most men's natural testosterone level is between 19 to 24. And I found out that my natural testosterone level was between 11 to 13. And the the overarching effect of that is is, well, it has a hormone, as a, as a hormone, it drives a lot in a, in a man's body, but having lower testosterone means that there's a lower chance or that affects your fertility. So, yeah. we and, and, and of course, ED. What's ED? Erectile dysfunction is also a, a function of not having enough testosterone. Oh, um, okay, I, I can't really comment on that, because that, uh, that doesn't, that didn't I'm not sure if that will really affect me as such. Um, but we ended up going to see a consultant in London who specialises in people who are XXY. And I had two operations on my testicles. And I ended up for, for, for a bit after my first operation. A lot of guys will squirm, squirm when they hear this. Yeah, tell me about under it. Yeah. yeah, so under anaesthetic, they go in and 16 thigh needles are put into each testicle in the testicle sac. Oh, say that again? Um, yeah. So it's called an FNA, which is a fine needle aspiration, and 16 needles, fine needles, are inserted into each testicle in the testicle sac. Okay, go <laughs> okay, on. So I, I, yeah, I knew I could visualize your face now. So you can imagine you're quite sore after that. And the, the, the approach with this is it's called a mapping procedure because my consultant said that sometimes that can happen is there can be an issue with the tube 
as such within the penis in that it can't deliver the sperm for whatever reason. And in a in this kind of approach, they can kind of bypass the penis and go literally to the source. And they said to me going into this, they look, Gareth, most people, if they have the ability to produce sperm, it will drop in their mid-20s who are XXY. And I was a 37, so they said, you know, the likelihood is going to be... Chances are small zero. here, yeah. Yeah, but this is the interesting thing. Um, in all the years of Jonathan Ramsey working with different consultants and his own experience, I was the very first person that he ever came across in his career that still had the ability in their mid to late 30s to produce the building blocks that build sperm. Okay. That was how he described it to me. So I then went on... But you're looking at this now in, in, in the light, Gareth, of a closing window of opportunity for uh, for Anna. Well, well, yeah, yeah. So this is like going over, on over several months. Um, and she, and she can't be off her MS meds forever. That's correct. So we probably did, like, I have a rough timeline here. So I started the first operation... We found out on March 17th from trying for a baby. We then did the, the FNA, that operation I mentioned, in January 2018. And we then did our first meeting with the Lister Fertility Clinic because Jonathan Ramsey said, Gareth, you know, we need to have a backup plan here because the chance of... So I had to go on these medication. I had to take Clomed, which is a drug given to women for, for breast cancer, to try and so the, the idea with all this stuff I was thinking was that my body would hopefully absorb all this testosterone, all this kind of hormones, and turn it into the fuel to build sperm. This was the approach, and the consultant said he gave it a, a, a likelihood chance of working of between twenty to thirty percent. So he said. You know, we don't want to literally put all our eggs in one basket here. We need to have another plan. So, have you ever gone onto a fertility website yourself? No. Have you ever looked at one? No. Oh, okay. So, the the best way I would describe it is if you, I've said to other people, is if you imagine going onto a car website. So, we'll say you're, you go onto the Volkswagen site for our sake. Do you want a car that's an estate? Do you want it as a normal one? Do you want it as a hybrid? Or you have all these filters. And this applies as well to fertility websites. Like you can put in what is the, the skin color, their height, their education, eye color, loads and loads of information. And to be honest, it's really overwhelming because you're trying to find a potential replacement candidate for yourself based on very little information because most of the sites sure. that they have is a photograph of what that person looked like as a child and a little maybe, some of them had audio notes that they had recorded someone would find these little kind of personal messages to like, hi, blah, 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 blah. And it was really overwhelming. So we went back to Jonathan and he said, I have a colleague called Erica Foster and she's a sperm bank here in London. So we contacted her and um, I don't know if you're on LinkedIn. I have a LinkedIn profile and uh, my photograph on LinkedIn is myself and Erica looked at my LinkedIn profile and she said, you know what, I have a guy that looks really like Gareth. That's simple. Uh, I think I have a match. Huh? That's simple. After yeah, all no after all the filters in, in, in the, uh, the website, uh, you're looking at thousands and thousands of potential candidates, skin color, eye color, demeanor, uh, what they looked at as a child. She said, I've got someone who looks kind of like you. Yeah, it was like, oh, God, amazing. Like it, was so, it was so kind of... Even now, I'm actually still in touch with Erica. Like, I have a really good relationship with her. And 
see said, I have a guy here. And one thing we, we didn't check was, is, oh, we need to find out his height. So we rang back and she said, he's six foot five. I am six three. So this okay. is great. He was actually taller than me. So that was our backup plan. And then I had a follow-up or a follow-up operation in, I have it here, it was in October 18. And that was called a micro-teasy. So oh, here we, micro, here we go again. Yeah, micro-teasy, which is T-E-S-E. And this repeated what the first operation had done, and that was to go back in to see if my body had been able to absorb all the hormones and then build the, the, or produce sperm. And that came back that my actual ability had actually diminished. I actually couldn't do it any longer. Okay. And so, so now you're very firmly looking at donor-assisted reproduction. Yeah, yeah. So at that stage, it was confirmed that I was actually then infertile at that stage because I had done all these operations. And then we switched to IVF and we did we did three rounds of IVF. We Our first one was, of course, this is all with the donor sperm. And that came back after two weeks. That was a chemical pregnancy. We then did a second one. And in a lot of ways, the second one was, was as difficult in a lot of ways for me learning about being infertile because I'm not sure with all the clinics, but the clinic we went to in London, they can see the actual, the membrane strength of the embryo. Like, it's really amazing what they could do. And they grade the embryos based on their quality. So, it's like, you know, if you have a child naturally, sure you don't have that choice. You just don't know. And um, we found out, or they said to us, you know, if this, this particular embryo we have found, this is like the bee's knees. This is the best embryo going. So we put that embryo in Anna's uterus, and then that pregnancy, that, that, that failed. That was, a, that was a, another failure. And that was really, really difficult because... Like we kind of felt it was almost a dumb thing that this was going to happen because they had said it's such a good quality embryo. And when that failed, we actually then took a bit of a break. Um, my wife, Anna. Yeah, her kind, of feeling, and her kind of feeling you're at, the, you're at the end of a long road here. You're weary and now you're downtrodden because it's not worked. So, so t- t- tell me how it obviously did work in the end. So in the end was we took a short break because it is physically and emotionally, it's, Overwhelming, draining. I would stuff. imagine, yeah. Very expensive, and we we came back in the new year, and we went back to London. And I have it here. We we, we then did. Um, this is January 2019. We did our third round of IVF, and we said we decided. Look, we are, some of the, some of the embryos have been um, stored in liquid nitrogen, and at the time, they're t- I'm only mentioning this because there's some research to say that if if the embryos can survive being um, the frozen or thawed out, the frozen, is that a word? Um, yeah. Thawed out from liquid nitrogen, there's a higher chance that they will survive and potentially become a child. So we had five embryos left, and we said to Erica, said, Erica, this is your field, this is your career. You pick the embryos, and we want to put two embryos back. And she said, okay, okay. So er- Erica picked, picked the embryos, and... Basically, in November 2019, our baby twins were born in the coom in Dublin. Wow. So there's a, quite a... That's a positive end of the story. It's a huge, hugely no. positive end. And I know there are people who, you know, may not agree with this whole godlike choosing of the embryo, choosing who's going to develop into a baby. But it all worked out very well for you. Oh, yes. And I, you know, as I said, I've become... I've 
Now, actually, the advocate for this non-profit foundation in uh, California called Living With XXY, and I've become their Irish advocate because I think it's a conversation that, you know, both a society and in general, people should be having about this stuff. You know, like fertility is not only women. It affects everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm being really honest. I'm really glad that I don't have sperm. I can honestly say that because if I had sperm, those kids downstairs just wouldn't exist. And so maybe other kids I, would, but I, they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, potentially, but those yeah, particular children would not exist. And they are amazing. Like, like I love them so much. They're like at times, of course, they wreck your head, but um, yeah. but who doesn't? And it's. I just wanted to kind of talk to people or raise awareness of this. And at a more local level, like there's a, there's a group actually was originally set up in Cork called the NISIG, which is the National Infertility Support and Information Group. And that was set up in 1995. And the woman set that up, uh, a woman called Helen. She's from the Cork area. Okay, National and Infertility now, Support and Information Group. Yeah, the NISIG, N-I-S-I-G.com. And... We went to a lot of their support groups, uh, meetings, and it was amazing. Like you go, and the great thing about going to these events, and I'm sure these days it's probably all virtual, uh-huh. is that you get to meet other couples. You're in a kind of very similar position. Sure. Can, can I ask you, know, though, Gareth, just, just to get back to the human yeah. perspective, what's it like for Gareth and Anna now to be dad and mum? It's amazing. It's fantastic. Um, it's 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 tiring, of course it is. <laughs> um, but it's just like it's it's just so amazing. Um, it's kind of hard to find the words, to be honest. I'm trying to put it into. Um, I suppose humbled would be the humbled by the long probably. journey, but humbled by the I suppose the technology that had to come to bear, uh, and humbled by the wonder and miracle of creation. Yeah, and there's you know this is the most amazing thing about with IVF, like you know like. Up until, like, when we were in London, we actually then learned that it was 40 years. 70, 77 was the first IVF baby. And that is such a short amount of time. And in such a short amount of time, there, you know, there are so many children, like our children downstairs, who have been born, which I think is just totally amazing that, you know, humans are able to do this, that they can actually help couples like I, or myself and Anna, and thousands of other people, both in Ireland, the UK, and around the world. Like, it's... It's just totally brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Gareth, you've, you've, you've become quite vocal and quite able to speak on, on a number of topics there and quite the advocate now for IVF and for other related concerns and movements. Uh, and as you say, you are, you are now the Irish uh, or English-speaking voice for the American organisation as well. Well, well they, they, they are based in California. They do have other advocates in um, other parts of the States. Um, but I did my original podcast I did with a guy who set it up within March of this year and I was only talking to him yesterday and I was saying, Ryan, you know, I sound like I'm doing this and doing that, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Ryan, you know, it all started with you. It all started with you because he invited me on. I was the first person he interviewed from Europe in March and the, the fallout from that podcast that I did with I shared with family and friends was so positive that it kind of then gave me the kind of... Where, where can people get more, more information, Gareth? Because I have to wrap it up now. Where, where, do, where can people get more, more information if they, if they want to access it? Okay, so the first one is livingwithxxy.org. Um, the next one then, on a more local level, is NISIG, which is N-I-S-I-G 
com, and then the last one I would recommend that we went on at our meetings in Belfast is the Donor Conception Network. Donor Conception Network. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's .org as well. But if they put that into Google, they will find that stuff. And the last thing I'm going to say is, if people want to contact me, I have an Instagram account, um, and that is Pretty Fly for XXY, and that's a number four. That's good, Pretty that's Fly for XXY. Yeah, um, and if people can contact me if they have any questions, um, and I'd only be too glad to help them out. Thanks, Gareth. It's been an enlightening and uh, oft-times difficult chat. <laughs> Some of that detail there I could do without, but there you go. Well done, Gareth Landy, and congrats to Gareth Landy and Anna McLeod, who are now proud parents. Thank you, Gareth. No problem. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, let's get the uh, remaining Free Food Friday mentions out. Uh, still flowing in, of course. Shane in Maintenance and the rest of the gang at the Imperial Hotel. John Harley at Nine Yard Logistics Little Island. Barry Joyce's Cole listening at the very top of Fairhill. I'd love it to warm us up. Pamela from Phelan's Pharmacy in Blackrock Hall. We'd love some pizza to get us through the busy day. All the hard-working gang in the Little Island Transport Office in Tivoli. Free Food Friday, we go down a treat to the boys in Musgraves Repair Workshop. Shipping all the goods out for this Christmas. Pizza, please. Santry's Pharmacy, five of us here and thank you so much, but a half a dozen more and we have to all the lads down in Verde Energy in Little Island we're working nights for the weekend and would love pizza for lunch today Puffin Ward in the CUH, Mary Coakley and the rest of the ward would like a slice of that marvellous pizza, that's from Vince Conroy Hi to Carrigaline, Quiva and Margo and all the members of Republic of Work on the South Mall, Free Food Friday please for Blarney Windows, very professional and a lovely bunch of men who work hard in hail, rain or sleet, I know they'd love the shout out. Free Food Friday for your old pal Ray Keating and all the staff at Pat O'Donnell's Volvo Construction in Glanmire. How are you Ray? Uh, would love Oakfire Pizza for my work colleagues in Dunn Stores in Clannacilty. I'm out sick for my work at the moment and so I'd like them to have something nice as I know they're working very hard. That's a nice Christmas spirit there from Sabrina in Clonakilty. It's Oakfire Pizza. You can check it out on oakfirepizza.ie. You can pick it up and uh, consume it from uh, Clonakilty, Band and Princess Street, Galabi Street and Douglas Village. And very soon we'll be giving out our six large pizzas, our garlic bread, potatoes, drinks, dips and desserts for 15 people on Free Food Friday. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Coming up on 28 minutes to 12 midday. Good morning from the Neil Prenderville Show. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, how are you? I'm good. You're saying fair play to the parents speaking up for the children on the masks issue. Absolutely. I, I, I don't understand how it can be all about health when we're putting them into an, an unhealthy environment, wearing masks for long periods of time. And the teenagers have been putting up with this since last year. They're suffering with headaches, fatigue. I mean, it just doesn't... And they're sitting in cold classrooms. But if you think of it logically... Bacteria thrive in warm, moist environments. So they're breathing back in their own CO2 for long periods of time. It just doesn't sound very healthy to me. And I wonder, I know they're doing CO2 level checks at some classrooms, but has anyone actually checked the level of CO2 underneath one of the children's masks after it's been on for a period of time? Yeah, I, I, I imagine their, their effectiveness wanes with time. Yeah, well, there was, like, back in the time of the first SARS outbreak in 2002-2003, health authorities warned about mask wearing, that it may not be effective protective against any virus. And uh, Professor Yvonne Cossard, she said, as soon as they become saturated with moisture from your breath, they stop doing their job and pass on the droplets. And this can take place in as little as 15 or 20 minutes. They become useless. 
So the children are actually breeding back in their own waste hair, trapping in bacteria, which to me, thinking logically, that's going to lead to sore throats, chest infections, colds, and flus. And on top of that, they're sitting in classrooms that temperatures are being recorded below some below 10 degrees, some at 6 degrees in classrooms. Wow, 6 to and 10 on, degrees. Humans operate at about, you know, comfortably 17, 18. Yeah, well, they say on the INCO, the Irish National Teachers Organization, on their own website, they're told to maintain um, classrooms at 18, a minimum 18 degrees. But now they're falling below that, way below that, with windows open. And yeah, I, I, I wonder when, you know, when, when masks become mandatory now uh, across the entire school um, section of society and I know that people are up in arms over this why has there not been a study to say you know, you know those blue and white ones the, the ones that nearly everybody use how effective are yeah. they for how long there's not, not much point for having a mask policy if the masks are ineffective uh, absolutely I think it's going to cause more harm and it is because teachers there's lots of teachers speaking out about this there's lots of doctors speaking out that don't agree with this, but they're not allowed on RTE. We have to listen to the likes of Luke O'Neill, who said that your immune system is in your lungs mainly, which is a load of nonsense. How are we listening to this nonsense when there's other doctors with a different views that are not allowed to be, be able to speak on mainstream media? Mm-hmm. Like we have Vincent Carroll there, he was speaking about them um, at the Lancet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a vicious circle. New variant, increased lockdowns, uh, new style of booster, uh, some rel- relaxations, new variant, increased lockdowns. It's, it's a circle. Sorry, your phone is breaking up there, Anita. Say again. No, I think we've lost Anita. Hello, Anita, you there? Okay, let's get to one of the one or two emails and uh, we'll try and get back to Anita if we can. Hi Mick, as per usual, you failed to do research on topics discussed on the show. The new African variant, according to you, is less transmissive and we've nothing to worry about. I never said it was less transmissive. Uh, I said the symptoms are milder. Uh, it seems to be more transmissive, but you're entitled to your opinion. It may have been reading a newspaper article. How wrong you are anyway, says the email. Why are drug companies preparing to modify current vaccines, which, by the way, will take months to do? Why are countries either banning travel from certain countries or demanding PCR testing or qualified antigen tests before travellers are allowed in? Why are we in this country telling kids to wear masks and to curtail their movements? Weren't we told kids were safe and couldn't get COVID? The numbers are rising again. But big business dictates again and again people's lives and health is a poor second best. We are in serious trouble regarding COVID, whether we choose to admit it or not. Anyway, stay safe and people, please think of your families when you're socialising in pubs and clubs. Big business is making money at the expense of you and your families, health and well-being. So says Anthony. Uh, now that the, another email, now that it's the law to put masks on our children in schools and over the next few weeks, uh, they will vaccinate the children to stop the spread of COVID. We all know that getting vaccinated does not stop the spread of COVID, nor does it slow down, uh, slow it down. But once COVID keeps spreading after the children are vaccinated, all this under the instruction of government and Dr. Hullen, what will we do? Can we charge Dr. Hullen and current members of government with crimes against children in Ireland and let the courts deal with them? They have no evidence now that it will work, and I don't think they will have in any court hearing. We've got to stop this madness right now. 
says Jim. And one more email. Hi Mick, I'm just listening to the show and parents need to try and help their children to protect one another. My son turned nine on Monday and has no problem wearing a mask. Myself and my husband have spoken to our kids about the importance of keeping everyone safe. We showed him how to correctly wear the mask and explain the reason why. Parents, we need to work together on this and help mind our children. The experts who advise us are for our safety and protection. And I can't understand why people have a problem at every hurdle. Can we not just do what's advised by the experts and take the message on board? I'm a nurse myself and will certainly do everything I can to protect my patients and my family. It's the right thing to get the older kids who understand to wear masks. I want to see family over Christmas and hopefully I will. But I will also do everything I can to make sure that uh, I'm pushing safety for everyone uh, around me, be that family, friends or patients. Thank you, says a nurse named Anne, uh, who wanted her second name kept off the air. That's no problem. Now then, let's go to line one and to uh, Mikey O'Brien. Good morning, Mikey. Hi, Mick. How's things? I'm good, man. I want to give you just a couple of minutes because you're representing a charity that's pretty close to my heart and uh, I want you to uh, tell us all about what you're doing, uh, which is running a marathon tomorrow. But tell us why and for who. No bother. This is for the IODP. This is Mick the Stripper, I'd say I was on with you there last year. All right, okay, Mick the Stripper. Probably won't remember. (laughs) That was a different story. But uh, it's for the IODP, the International Orphanage Development Programme. And as you said there, you know it. It's, um, I know Tom it. Mac- Tom McEnany, yeah, you know it. So tomorrow, myself and Glenn McCarthy are going to run a marathon. It's my first time ever running a marathon. Glenn done it last year. And he did. I remember the interview well. He came, he's yeah, come a long way and he's a shining he's example now. Brilliant, yes. And um, so he put, he posted it up brief, like two months ago that he was training again and I jumped on because I didn't want to be the last fella to jump on but it turned out I was the only fella to jump on. <laughs> I, I kind of got caught, I caught myself. And of but course so the I'm ultimate brilliant. beneficiaries here are the orphaned children of Belarus and what I really love about this charity is no matter how little or how much you raise every single penny goes to that fund. You must pay your own way over, you must pay your own accommodation, you must pay your own food, all, all your own expenses and every single penny raised goes directly to help the orphaned children of Belarus. Every bit of it, yeah, and it's it's for all essential items and even toys. They're building playgrounds out there, farming machinery, the whole lot. It's brilliant, like. It's brilliant. Yeah, what really saddened me last year was when I found out that these orphaned children, when asked what they want from Santa, they'll say a kettle or they'll say an yeah. iron or an ironing board because they know they'll yeah. one day be out of the orphanage, and they need to be set up as adults. How sad is that? Yes. Unbelievable, isn't it? We're yeah. like I know things are hard at the minute for everybody, but. We're still so lucky when you think yeah. about it. Okay, where's the marathon? Uh, well, what's the course of the marathon? Where are you starting? Is it around the straight road like last year? The same as last year, yeah. Down the straight road, up the straight road, around the back of the Kingsley, and we'll do about four 10-kilometre loops and find another two kilometres from somewhere then. So 42 kilometres in total. So, and there'll Fantastic. be people joining in. There'll be people jumping the wall and doing a half marathon with us. I know Paul, you know Paul. He's going to do a half marathon with us, and there's a lot of the guys as well are going to jump over and do 10 kilometres or a 5k or even the last stretch of the straight road. So there's going to be loads of support. Like, And I think this thing might build, who knows, where the next year and even the year after. Okay, fantastic. Listen, uh, where can people get onto the GoFundMe? I, I think you reached uh, your target, but they can still donate, of course. Oh, yeah, and there's loads of other stuff going to be happening as well. But if you if you go onto the GoFundMe and type in the Orphaned Children of Belarus and even my name, Michael O'Brien, you'll, you'll find it there straight away. Fantastic, Michael. If you can. Well done. All no right. stripping tomorrow now, please. And best of luck yeah, with all the fundraising. As long as I can. Thanks Thank a million. You. Cheers, bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Now then, we have an update on the Orla Flavin situation. All of the uh, big-hearted Cork people and suppliers who have turned out in force 
to make uh, March March 12th uh, the day that uh, will just create so many memories. And the update, Glam by Pam, uh, will now do all of Orla's makeup as well. So they're coming in thick and heavy and it's going to be a, a really special day. I imagine the press will get involved at that time as well. A very emotive story uh, and we're delighted to be able to help with it. So well done to all involved there. Now then, will we take a Christmas song, I wonder? Uh, Paul McCartney, wonderful Christmas time or Merry Christmas everyone from Shake and Stevens. I bet you Brenda will say she plays Shake and Stevens, won't you Brenda? Yes, she's nodding her head. Okay, okay, got to do it then. Shake and Stevens and Merry Christmas, everyone. I think it's a brilliant Christmas song, but I think that kind of song should be kept until Christmas week. Because you hear it ten times, it's going to get kind of worn thin. There are lovely other Christmas songs that we'd get to over the course of the next few weeks, I'm told, on the Neil Prandeville Show. It's a quarter to twelve, and uh, just a quick readout. There are lots of charitable mentions that come our way this year. and uh, We don't like to leave anyone behind, so I just wanted to let you know that Cork Rotary Club have embarked on a novel way to draw attention to the annual Tree of Remembrance in Patrick Street and to let people know that they're looking for people to join them as well. Uh, as a member, you get to be involved in local community projects, you hear interesting speakers, you meet up regularly in a social gathering and feel that you are contributing something positive as part of the largest such group in the world. And to this end, the former Debenhams window has been covered with a storyboard about the Rotary Tree of Remembrance. Now, Rotary is a worldwide group of thousands of local clubs, each of which meet regularly in a sociable way to organise or fundraise <clears throat> for events in their own area. Meetings often have interesting speakers on a whole range of different topics, and in non-COVID times, regularly... Uh, have visiting members from other Rotary clubs. There's also a Rotaract club in Cork which caters for younger people up to 35 years old. So best of luck to them. Check it all out in the former Debenhams window which has been covered with a storyboard about the annual Rotary Tree of Remembrance. Now we have a fabulous competition this week and uh, let's get our final couple of callers on the air for Homefront Giftware and Interiors. Homefrontgiftware.ie, our final €200 Euro voucher to give out with our Christmassy question and we're going to see who gets closest to the pin. Family-owned Cork business established in Carrigaline in 1999, now in six Cork locations, including Carrigaline, Bandon, Middleton, Wilton, Douglas and Blackpool. It's all about the new website, though. You can check out before you go shopping on homefrontgiftware.ie. Call us now. We'll take two callers on 1850-104-106. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Well, there are a couple of competitions to wrap up. We'll get to that in a moment. First of all, uh, let's say hi and congratulations to Joanne. Hi again, Joanne. Hello. Oh, she's gone. Okay, tell you what, we'll go to her competition and come back to Joanne in a moment. So let's go, first of all, to our Homefront Giftware and Interiors competition and speak on line four to Jennifer. Morning, Jennifer. Hi, how are you? Very good. And on line three, we wish happy Christmas to Mary in McCroom. Hi, Mary. Hi, good morning. How are they all in McCroom? Great town. Great, thank you. I still have friends there. What a great, great, great spot. Hard to pass it on the way to Killarney. Jennifer, you're uh, in McCroom as well, yeah? Uh, Canavy, just before McCroom. Just before McCroom. What a great part of the country. Anyway, Jennifer, you're first. We're going to give you a first chance to answer this question. And it is uh, nearest percentage will win the €200 Euro voucher from Homefront Giftware on Interiors. According to a survey in Monday's Sun newspaper, what percentage of people have made friends and family pay money for the Christmas dinner they were hosting? How many people, what percentage, have made friends and family pay money for the Christmas dinner they were hosting? Would you reckon that's a higher or um, lower percentage, Jennifer? 
I would say 20%. 20%. And Mary, what would you say? I'd probably say about maybe uh, 16. 16%, is it? Yes. It was 17 and you're the winner, Mary. So the uh, prize is going to McCroom. Sorry, Thank Jennifer. Happy Christmas to you both. Cheers. Happy Christmas. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My f- uh, thanks to Homefront Giftware and Interiors. Uh, they're in Carragher Line since 1999 and now in Bandon, Middleton, Wilton, Douglas and Blackpool as well. Check out their uh, website on homefrontgiftware.ie and well done to all of our contestants this week. Now let's go to Free Food Friday and uh, let's find our winner. And we've chosen this at random. Hi, Mick. We're looking to enter Free Food Friday. It's Tara and Izzy, and we work for the Lee COVID Test Centre. We'd really love a nice treat. So that's on its way to you. That's uh, Oak Fire Pizza from oakfirepizza.ie. They're in Clannacilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Galabi Street, and in Douglas Village. And we have Joanne back on the line. Hi, Joanne. Hello. Hi. Busy end to the programme. Now, you kind of kicked off the week for us. Uh, you took a job because you were being bullied in the workplace, and you had enormous um, job offers. We had one of the prospective employers uh, on the line with us from the Franciscan well a while ago. But uh, what happened in the end? What did you take? I took a job from Weatherspoons. Okay. And yeah. uh, is that a full-time job, part-time job? When do you start? It'll be part-time. It'll be part-time. Yeah. Okay. And you're starting when? Friday next week. Okay, and did they give you reason to believe that you would uh, have a much, much better experience working for Weatherspoons than you would for your previous employer? Oh, definitely. Yeah. 100%. It was very positive. Okay, well, we're delighted to be of assistance there. So thank you so much for coming on, yes, for being as brave you. and as eloquent in, in telling about the story. And uh, I guess you won't be going drinking in the former pub anymore. You'll put it behind you now and get on with your life. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a million. We appreciate it, Joanne. Thank it's you. nice nice to wrap up things before Neil comes back uh, and to get back to the uh, the business of the show. Okay, so thank you very much. And people can maybe track you down for a pint in Weatherspoons if they wish. Thanks, Joanne. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. All the best. Bye-bye. Now, my thanks to the incredible production team here, Brenda Dennehy, Mark Willington, and Seamus Wheelahan. Uh, we had, I think, this week one of the highlights of anyone's radio career, certainly the highlight of this week uh, for me. Uh, and that was the story that came from literally nothing, came from an email uh, and concerned Orla Flavin and her just wanting to have the wedding vows. She never asked us for anything. Uh, and look what happened in the tremendous spirit of the people of Cork. So uh, with thanks, an early happy Christmas from me and a happy new year early as well from me. Neil Prendival returns on Monday morning. I'm going to leave you uh, with that little snippet of something very, very special for Christmas. Have a great weekend. When I when we got married, I wanted it to be kind of a small and we had a beautiful wedding, but we didn't have kind of the big wedding with all the trimmings yeah. because I kind of felt it was more about two of us. And so like being able to celebrate it this way is just... Oh my God, it's just going to be a dream come true. It's amazing. Oh my God, thank you so much. On behalf of my little girls who have beautiful photographs with their mum to look at and beautiful memories. I just thank you all so very, very much. I'm I'm humbled and overwhelmed at the response that my story has had. And I don't feel that I deserve any of this. You deserve every bit of it, Orla. You deserve every bit of it. So much. Okay, listen, you're going to make thousands of memories, as I said, but there is one memory uh, that you've created here that your children will not realize for some time, and I don't think you even realize it yet yourself. And, and that's this, right? That at the tail end of a pandemic, where two years of restrictions had really pressurized the people of Cork, and they were a bit downtrodden mentally and emotionally, and your story touched the hearts of thousands of listeners. And for all of the suppliers that have uh, rallied round to do something big for you on the 12th of March, 
You brought out the best in Christmas spirit in those people of Cork. That's the memory they'll cherish. I hope so. It would be lovely. Thank you so much. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. I know it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. News at 12 is on the way on the Neil Prendival Show. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.